welcome to 646. My name is Dawson McManus, and we have Hillary Dumoulin finally <laughs> in the studio today. How you doing? Good. Happy to be here. Cool. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we are able to finally get our schedules to coincide, and neither one of us are almost on death's door being yeah. ridiculously sick. I guess that is kind of the problem when you hang out in close proximity for an extended period of time. One person catches something, and then everybody's fucked. Yeah, pass it right along. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, in uh, honor of that, cheers, and cheers. happy to have you here. <laughs> mm. Drinking Keith's again today. This is the first time in a while where I've actually drank on the podcast, because um, I was listening to a few of them, and I was stumbling over words and forgetting <laughs> shit. I mean, I still forget stuff and still stumble over words when I'm sober, but... Um, Adds a different element. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Makes it a bit trickier. Um... For anyone who doesn't know, Hillary is a singer-songwriter guitarist with a ridiculous voice, and you write really, really ballin' lyrics. Thank you. You are Thank welcome. You. If I didn't think so, you would not be here. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially having to reschedule so many times. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's been a while since I've had a chick uh, cancel on me five times in a row. Uh, <laughs> I thought those days were long gone, but apparently it's just in a different format. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah that's a good start let's make it awkward um all right so um i, I don't know if you've listened to the you've listened to the show I've before listened to it, okay yeah. yeah cool well thank you you're one of the few people that <laughs> <laughs> oh you're welcome um, um so as you know it's kind of an interview show uh and i really like to just kind of start from the top so were you born in peterborough or are you from elsewhere no yeah born and raised in peterborough um outside of peterborough actually lakefield so Okay. Yeah. Cool. We're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's okay. Really, really bad at talking. Yeah. No, that's yeah. all right. I'll I'll help I'll help you along. <laughs> we'll coax it out of you eventually. We'll get a couple more beers into you and yeah. we'll be flying. Um, were you always surrounded by music as a kid, or? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. everyone in my family plays musical instruments. Nice. Um, so I was just kind of always surrounded by it constantly. So. Good. So, like, let's have some examples. The folks play. Yeah, yeah. My mom and my dad, um, and my all my uncles. My grandpa played the harmonica. Nice. Everybody plays. So, um, and then my mom met my stepdad, and he plays too. So he was ah. definitely a huge influence in that way. Just always around playing and. Nice. Mostly guitar for everybody then. Yeah. yeah. Right on. Yeah. So, okay. Cool. Lots so like of a lot players. of a lot of kitchen party kind of stuff going yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, almost like East Coast style then. Kind of, yeah, I guess. Kind of. Like, I mean, in that tradition of yeah. kitchen yeah. jams, that's kind of an East Coast thing, from what I understand, anyway. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, so, and then another question that I really like to ask everybody, and I, I'm trying to keep it as, like, a, a running thing, because I've, I find everybody's answer is varied, but is along the same kind of lines. What was the first creative thing you saw or came into contact with, even if it wasn't music, like, if it was a painting or if it was a a movie or a television show or a stand-up comedian or a book that you read as a kid or um, anything along those a record cover maybe that just really grabbed you and, and kind of made you think about things differently um, and what I mean by that was I remember for myself as a little kid the, the cover of Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell do you know that record no god damn it <laughs> Uh, pop culture is going to just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, totally. Um, so meatloaf is, he was, <laughs> he was a singer. I think he's semi-retired, if not fully retired now. Uh, but, uh, he did that song, uh, paradise by the dashboard lights, you know, 
And now I'm waiting for the end of time. Okay, okay. To hurry up and arrive. <laughs> anyway, his first record was called Bad Out of Hell. And the album art for it was this, like, jacked fucking biker on this rocket motorcycle blasting off. And, there, and the background was all very much what you would expect a depiction of hell to look like. And there's, like, this bat flying in the background kind of looking at him. And there's, like, volcanoes erupting and just fire and brimstone everywhere. And, I like, I remember this vividly. And I was only, like, three or four looking at him like, holy shit. This is a powerful fucking image. And it wasn't even until years later that I actually listened to the record because it had the word hell on it. And I was like, oh, this is naughty. Yeah, I you can't know? listen to that. I can't. Oh, this, this looks so scary. And then I put it on and it had stuff like life is a lemon and I want my money back. It was like show tunes almost. And it was like, oh, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> this does not sound the way I expected it to sound. So that's, that's kind of what I mean. Even if it wasn't music, if it was something like that. Or if it was a tune then I definitely want to know what the tune was and how you felt when you came into contact with this, just whatever. For me, I guess that is a difficult one, but probably speaking again to the whole, you know, kitchen table jam kind of thing. For me, it wasn't so much a thing. It was just kind of a moment. So we used to get together at my grandma's house on New Year's Eve every single year, my whole family. And we'd always play um, up in her living room. And I can remember watching as a kid and I, for years, I just would sit and watch them. And then finally one day I decided that I'd like to sing a song. And so I sang with, uh, with my, my dad and my uncle Rolly. Um, and I think it was like twinkle, twinkle, little star or something ridiculous like that. But it's funny because even being so young, I can still remember exactly that moment, you know, like I was thinking to myself, this is cool. And then I became this annoying little child that just wanted to sing to everybody i was like singing at the kitchen table standing on my chair making everyone be quiet while they were eating dinner and, <laughs> but that's definitely that was the that was the thing for me and that happened pretty young i was probably like four or five so nice so yeah. like right away yeah which makes sense too though if you're growing up in a very musical household and a very musical family i mean not only is it uh, nature, but also definitely nurture, right? It's genetic yeah. and it's just what you're surrounded with. So you're coming up in this environment where you're hearing and seeing people play. Pro- I would imagine too, like radio and records and stuff yeah. like that were yeah. probably on all the time too. Yeah. You you seem to have a lot more of like a country background. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Grew cool. up on country for sure. Yeah. So what were like, what do you think, like what first comes to mind when you think about early, early influences that might not have even as registered yeah. as an influence right away? Um, I would say like Alan Jackson and Jody Messina, Terry Clark. Okay. All those kinds of people. I just listened to country radio a lot growing up. Right. Um, and it's funny because I always kind of thought that that's what I wanted to do was country music. And I've just kind of slowly moved away from it. But that's definitely where it started. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. you definitely started pulling at least... From what I've heard, it sounds like you're pulling a lot of more folk influence yeah, yeah. into the into the fold there. Sorry, already. <laughs> I've had like a quarter, not even a quarter of a beer, and I'm already starting to burp and stuff. Uh, I'm a lightweight. I don't think you've ever seen me drink before, have you? I haven't. No, this is yeah. a first. Yeah, because <laughs> I hardly ever do it. And it was so funny, too, because on so many of the episodes, I'm always talking about how I never drink. and I'm sh- But I'm like half in the bag <laughs> in more than half of the episodes. So I'm sure, like, anybody that doesn't really know me that well that's listening to it's like, you fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah, you're you lying. Lie. Yeah, you liar. <laughs> you're hammered all the time. And it's like, no, I'm really, I'm really not. Like, we've known each other for 
about a year and a half, probably. Yeah, I probably met you at the Oxford. That. Yeah. Before we before the open mic hosted by Mike um, uh, there, Matt Diamond. <laughs> Sorry. See already hardly anything. That's why I never drink while I'm playing <laughs> because this happens and it's like not even half a beer in. It's pathetic. But uh, hosted by Matt Diamond. Yes. Um, which is so cool because I've. I've met so many, and I'm sure it's the same for just about oh, everybody yeah. that yeah, frequents absolutely. the jams is that we all get to not only meet each other, but there's, there's usually new people coming all mm-hmm. the time and, and not just players, but people that just want to listen and, and be involved in this new emerging scene, which is really cool. So for anybody that ever doubts that I'm not much of a drinker, we've been hanging out for a year and a half and this is the first time you've seen yeah, me drink. Yeah, I can vouch for it. So yeah. It. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh my God. Especially because the new New Year's episode uh, with my friends Bob and Ariel. Uh, I don't know if you've heard that one or not. It's, I don't think it's I a have, little bit no. shorter. I think it was the seventh episode or something like that. We started drinking before the show started. Oh. Like they came over for dinner. It was New Year's Eve, um, and we're giant nerds and don't really have a crazy social life. So New Year's for us was having dinner, getting drunk, and doing a podcast. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, just shit faced. So it was a good time. Um, but country music, sorry. Yes. <laughs> uh, I know, I know the tangents are frequent. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I'll, yeah. So, um, with, with that country influenced, I mean, for the most part, a lot of country singers are like really, really awesome. Not only with their pitch, uh, as a lead singer, but they harmonize like fucking mad so that leads me to believe that that's where a lot of that came from for you is maybe Um, that influence or well the harmonies that's a very new thing for me i just kind of started playing around trying to trying to harmonize so you could like i've been listening to harmonies for so long that i think that's why um i'm not going to say it was easy for me to start harmonizing because it wasn't it was um it was difficult but just having listened to that because country music i mean a lot of people not country music but when you listen to good country like old country not top 40 country uh, it's good music (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it yeah. sure is. You know, yeah. especially like the the old school stuff, like Waylon Jennings, pardon me, uh, Hank Williams, first and second, and fuck, Hank three is awesome too. <laughs> All three of the Hank Williams are wild. Uh, old Johnny Cash and like all those all those cats, Willie Nelson and stuff like that, like real like soul country, yeah. like the shit that you believe what they're singing, not like a lot of the new pop stuff that's written by like fifteen people. It, and the singers like never heard the tune until they go into the studio yeah, and they get exactly. a demo of it and they start singing about something. It's like you bullshitter. <laughs> that's not real. That's a lie. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I totally know what you're talking about. But that's cool though that like if you're growing up listening to a bunch of really wild harmonies, it would make sense that I mean, obviously learning to harmonize is not I mean easy unless you have some freak innate talent for it, which I'm envious of because like <laughs> for me like not just harmonies, but singing in general did not come naturally. So it, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's strange, but it, you know, a lot of people will say to me that you must've always been good at singing, but I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't. I can remember my stepdad, Norm brought home this little USB microphone and I would sit in the basement and sing into it for hours. And it was so awful. And then I would burn it onto CDs and like, I'm sure there's still CDs around because I would take them and I'd give them to all of my friends at school. That's amazing. It's awful. Well, it's yeah, I'm sure. But I would love to hear one. Yeah. So like if so anyone's listening to this and they have one, <laughs> love to hear it. 
but yeah, it's definitely, I, I've always said that anybody can sing. Mm-hmm. Just, like, you have to mm-hmm. want it, that's all. Yeah, it's a lot of practice. Yeah. There's a lot of practice. It's funny, too, because I was talking about this with uh, Diamond on the first on the first episode. And, because I, I had assumed um, that you were always able to sing. Like, because you just, you strike me <laughs> as the kind of person that just has that innate and some people do some people genuinely do just have the innate ability to go this is the sound i want to make and i'll produce it you know without like years of struggle (laughs) um and i asked diamond that same question he's like oh i'll listen to you and like all this kind of i'm like what well no like yeah i mean i'm all right now but there there was definitely a time when it was fucking dreadful and i actually have old recordings and stuff and i've got i have a vhs tape of uh, the very first show I ever played is abysmal. It's so <laughs> bad. I mean, everybody in the audience, because we're all the same age. It was a bunch of, like, 14-year-old kids yeah. and stuff. They all thought it was great because they didn't know any better. But, um, oh, it's rough watching that stuff. But that's really cool, though, that you were able to do that um, with a USB mic and, and record yourself really pretty early on. Like, how old were you when you got that USB mic? Do you remember? probably like nine or ten yeah i was young and i was Mm. writing these really awful songs that's great so bad and i was singing acapella because i couldn't play guitar at this point so no no, just awful just awful (laughs) that's great what kind of if you don't mind me asking like i love that it's acapella first off that's sweet um what kind of subject matter do you, do you remember? Oh my gosh. Love and what you think love is when you're nine and <laughs> ten years old. Sure. And you're looking back. Like, I actually found a book not too long ago of all of these songs that I had handwritten. Um, and all of them are love songs. But it's like, where does a ten-year-old pull this content from? This doesn't make any sense. Nice. Television, other records, probably. Yeah. yeah. Movies. <laughs> a lot of Disney. Yeah. Pro- I would imagine. Are you a Disney kid? Yeah, totally. Okay, yeah. cool. So we yeah. could act, so we could talk Disney movies then. Well, to an extent, ah. to an extent, right? There's always an extent. <clears throat> sure. I didn't. I didn't watch a lot of TV really when I was a kid, like movies and stuff. I haven't seen any of them. You could throw yeah. ten movies at me right now that everyone you know has seen, and I've probably seen one of them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, because like there have been a few times where I brought up a bunch of flicks, and you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No what idea. the fuck, really? <laughs> Well, okay, here, you must have seen Forrest Gump. Holy shit, for real? <laughs> that's amazing. That, like, genuinely, that's, that's incredible. No, I haven't. I think I've seen, like, bits and pieces of it, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to tell you really? any details. Really? Like, Tom Hanks? I know Tom Hanks is in the movie. <laughs> Life is like a box of chocolates. You See, I've heard not. that. I've yeah. heard that. Yeah. Never seen the movie from start to finish, though. Wow. Wow. I mean, it's a long flick, but still. Yeah. Like, I know. It's disappointing. It's almost well, disappointing. Well, I don't know about disappointing, but it's just, that it's it's shocking. Like, um, okay, what about, because you're a bit younger. How, how old are you? You're 21. 21. Okay. Yeah. So there's like 10 years difference between us. So what I, what I feel like is a, an obvious you've seen this flick is going to be very generationally different. Yeah. So... Ah, oh, shit. What's something a little bit newer? Um, it was like a massive hit. Avatar. Did you see that? I've flick? seen Avatar. Okay. I saw Avatar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's basically just Pocahontas, but with giant Smurfs in space. 
I've never really thought about it like that. Yeah. Which, I mean, Pocahontas is just Dances with Wolves, which is, I mean, taken from the original legend of Pocahontas. But anyway, it all comes back to <laughs> yeah. everything's a everything's just a, a copy of something else, really. <laughs> cover of a cover of a cover of a cover. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Totally off topic. We're not here to shoot the shit about movies and pop culture. Well, we can if you want to. <laughs> but, I mean, I'll probably be talking about all kinds of shit you've never heard of. So, um, or just haven't seen. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I don't want to make you uncomfortable. <laughs> Um, okay, so around nine, you're, you're making these US, that's so crazy too, at nine years old, you had USB. Yeah. When I was nine, the internet didn't exist. What? Yeah. Well, I mean, not, not for personal use. Yeah. Computers, computers were fucking heavy and like green and black. And it was like just text when I was like, uh, no, no. By the time I was nine, you know what? We would have had Windows... Uh, version 3.1, which was before, that was pre-Windows 95. Oh, okay. So, which, I mean, you probably, do you remember Windows 95 or are you too young? I was born in 95. Holy fuck. Yeah. All right. So, like, (laughs) (laughs) so in the year 2000, you were five years old. Five years old. Yep. That's so crazy. I just, and I, I never really think about our age difference. No. I really don't. Cause I don't know. You just, you play and that's all yeah. that really matters to me is like, do you play? Okay, cool. Do you play well? Okay. Even better. We can hang out then. Yeah. I never really <laughs> think about the, the age divide. Wow. That's fucking weird for me. Well, sorry. It's just, I haven't, I've no, never. No, totally. In a year and a half, I've never considered A lot of people don't know it. that I'm as young as I am. I don't know. Well, you don't act like a 21-year-old. Yeah. And please take that as a compliment. No, it totally and, is a compliment. Okay, cool. Yeah. And no no disrespect to any 21 21-year-olds that are listening to this or anybody that's under 25, but for the most part, y'all don't know shit. <laughs> um, neither did I at 25, though. Like, I was, I was a fucking dolt. I mean, <clears throat> I was playing cool shows and shit, but I mean... Mm, eh. <laughs> but you know i still didn't really know what was up until yeah. uh, i was about 25 when i you know decided to you know take my head out of my ass take a peek around at the world and see what was <laughs> up that's wild holy fuck dude because like for me the first recordings that i made when i was like uh how old would i have been i think it was 13 and we had um we had a tape recorder that had a microphone built into it and it was like you had to hit play and record you, you know what a cassette yeah, tape yeah. is okay. i know what a cassette oh, tape okay, is I'm come sorry. on you haven't seen forrest gump how am i supposed to know what's what um <laughs> we had to hit the play and the record button at the same time and the only way we could kind of get the mic because like we didn't have any mic stands except for the mics that we were singing into and they were plugged into other guitar amps not even a pa system it was no it wasn't even guitar amps it was a, it was a st- it was a stereo that was converted into a PA system. It was a total hunk of shit. Um, and the only way we could get the mic to be like stationary and like kind of picking up almost everything was to duct tape it to the ceiling oh, of, wow. of my cousin's basement because the drum kit was at his place. And so it was the, no, the stereo we brought over, but the drum kit was, you know, we didn't want to move it. So we brought all the shit to their place and we duct taped this mic to the ceiling and we did a cover of, um, uh, Paranoid by Black Sabbath. Do you know that song? No. no. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> uh, 
Finish with my woman, cause she couldn't help me with my mind. Oh, okay, okay, yes, yes. Yeah. See, I just don't know the names of things. It's all right. You sing it to me, I know. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I don't know if I was singing that in the right key or not. It's in it's in E minor. I don't know if I was singing that in E minor or not. I don't have a guitar with me. Oh, hang on. <laughs> Let's find out. That was close. Yeah. I was close. I think I was probably singing it in like F sharp or G, but I don't know. Only off by like a step step. And a half. <laughs> Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's how we used to have to record. So that's amazing that you had that early. Like in like I, I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but you had a, a very early luxury mm-hmm. of digital. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like instant feedback. Like yeah. you could record it and listen back, and you would know pretty well i mean like maybe even if your ears weren't super developed at that point you would still know if it's like ah i'll do it again or i could do this better or or, and editing would have actually been an option yeah well yeah i mean i wouldn't have known how to do that sure but it was one of those things too where i mean i know i didn't have a developed ear because half of the things that i would put on cds and give away it's just it makes me shake my head to think <laughs> somewhere a... those recordings exist. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of neat to know though. Yeah, that like your earliest earliest work is out there somewhere. Yeah, I don't even have it, but somebody does. Yeah, I've I've got I've got CDs of of old stuff from when I was in high school and shit too. Like when CD burners were like a new thing. Oh which yeah. You probably probably wouldn't remember when burning a CD was like. I remember when burning a CD exciting was like an exciting thing. Well, okay. Probably wasn't new, but I remember when CD burners had to go in your computer tower. Like now I've got one for mm. my MacBook. It's like yeah, two like, inches thick. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you remember computer towers. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> that's, that's so wild. Because like, I don't know, for me, my, my brother-in-law was born in... Um, like the late nineties. Um, no, early nineties. I think he's, he's older than you. I think James is like 24, 20, maybe 25. And for me, like, that's like, he's one of the, the youngest people I hang out with on a regular basis. (laughs) So that's so funny. Wow. I can't believe I never asked you how old you were. Yeah. People don't, they just assume that I'm older than I am. I'm okay with it. I don't know. I also, I I find too, like at least in, in music for or, or a lot of arts, um, no matter what I'm involved in, if it's if it's acting or if it's music or whatever, martial arts, I don't really, well, martial arts is a little different. It's it's different sparring with a kid. That's I've never yeah. done that. I would feel weird, I think, if I had to fight a kid. That'd be <laughs> fucked up. But um, uh, gender and age in arts and music, it doesn't really mean anything. No. You know what I mean? It's like... I don't care how old you are or what what's between your legs. Doesn't yeah. matter. It's like or like it's just how good you are, right? So, huh? Sorry, I know I know I keep perseverating on it, but it's just it's funny. Um, Mind blown. I know a little bit, a little bit. That's really neat. Um, okay, so you're giving out CDs and stuff. How long was it before you picked up a guitar? Oh, I was probably about fourteen before okay. I got the urge to play the guitar because I was just I would sing these lyrics that I was writing to my stepdad and he's an amazing guitar player but I'd have this sound in my head of of what I wanted played with it right and I would try to tell him okay like 
write me some chords to go with these lyrics. Right. And he'd always come up with cool shit, but it wasn't what was in my head. So I thought, you need to teach me how to do that. Right. So that I can just get what's in my head out. Right. So it took a long time, though. I'm definitely... I wouldn't consider myself a guitar player. I get by. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess I was probably 14. Okay. Yeah. But you had... So, like, w- writing with your with your stepdad, then you'd been, like... You had earlier collaborations before you started kind of going out on your own. Yeah, I would... I guess so, yeah. I, I'd say that. What counts? It doesn't matter if you're writing with someone at home. Like, yeah. my, my older brother and I had bands together. I mean, not all the same bands but a lot most of the bands i was in from the time i was uh 13 to the time i was 19 most of the bands i was in were with my older brother we wrote all kinds of shit together it's still collaborative yeah my uh that's cool my my brother just recently started to sing a song when he has a couple beers in them he can actually sing and like he used to play the bass and i'm like why the fuck didn't you let this out of the bag a little sooner? We could have had a band. He could have played right. the bass. Now he doesn't know how to play the bass anymore. He just sings Folsom Prison Blues when he's drunk. Ah. Uh, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, not a bad one to go to when you're half in the bag. Yeah. Right? It's a good tune. So, like, super musical family. Did, did you write with, um, did you have any bands or even duo kind of stuff or jam with people in high school when you first started playing? Or even yeah. before you started to play when you're like, I'm a singer? Were you... Yeah, I, uh, when I was in, I guess, grade nine, um, I was in a band called 15th Line. Okay. Like, um, like the 15th Line of Smith kind yeah, of thing? Yeah. yeah that's what yeah. that is? Yeah. The, <laughs> that's amazing. The guys in the band had a friend who had a shed on the 15th Line, and that's where they used to party. So okay. we were like, that's a cool band name. So we just kind of went with it. Cool. Um, but it didn't last too long like we we did it for probably about a year right. um and we were doing okay but just a lot of kind of creative differences because we were kind of we were also young and kind of new to the whole band thing we were right. we were dipping our feet in different genres individually and it was just this weird dynamic that it brought into the band great right. guys um they're in a band together now called five shots to ragtown i think oh, i think it's still a thing I know. yeah yeah I know yeah, yeah 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 and uh oh actually the hangman's son i think is what they're going by now. Okay. But yeah. And then after that, um, Andrew, who was in the band, we played together for, for a couple of years, just the two of us, but then right. we kind of branched off and started doing our own thing. So sure. And it's yeah. weird too, when you're, when you're young and you have, um, really varying musical tastes from the other folks in the band. Cause it, at least when I was a kid, what I was listening to was the best shit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, it, and it took a long time before you could start to, sort of open your not just your eyes but your ears to like oh wow even though this might not be my style specifically that's still really good yeah you know it takes a long time for that to or at least it did for me yeah me um, too i think that that was the the hardest part of playing with other people in the beginning was because i was just so dead set and stubborn that country music was the only music and thinking about that now it's so ridiculous but that was a real thing for me so like here's these guys that you know wanted to play like stairway to heaven and stuff and i'm like no i want to sing some carrie underwood like right that was just uh yeah but now you know i appreciate all music and it did take a while to 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 get to that because you grow up listening to something and you think that that's yeah that is the the best thing yeah 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 yeah. like 
like I was one of those kids that would have been wanting to do Stairway. Yeah. And like <laughs> Zeppelin was God, you know, it's, it's like, well, Hendrix actually, Hendrix was God, Zeppelin were the apostles and all that kind <laughs> yeah. of shit. You know, if you want to take a Catholicism route with it. But like, yeah, I was so just fucking rock and roll and everything else sucks. And and then you start listening to stuff like I've gone back and, and re-listening. Uh, pardon me. I've gone back and re-listened to like boy band stuff like Backstreet Boys or or uh, or the the Spice Girls. I know it's not a boy band, but, a, you know, a, a prefabricated pop group. Yeah. You know, where you, you listen to it and like, yeah, the lyrics are stupid, but like, God damn good grooves and who like whoever's in that band for that specific song i don't know if it was the same people on the whole record or whatever but just killer killer players yeah and like and just a lot of them are funk tunes or like disco songs or something like that just with like kind of silly silly lyrics to appeal to kids over top you know and it's like wow you know it's it and it took me a really long time to open my ears to that i was i was i was probably about your age when I started to go, you know, there's a lot more to maybe a little bit younger, uh, around like 18, 19 anyway, but pretty close Yeah. when I was like, uh, and it, it actually something that really did it for me was seeing great big C live because okay. they were, you know, it was folk music and folk was for pussies, <laughs> you know, and it, which I know is ridiculous. Trust me. I know that's ridiculous, but you know, for the longest time, like nothing could be heavy enough. Like there was no metal that was too metal for me, <laughs> which I mean, there, there, there kind of is now where like, I'll hear something and be like, Oh, okay. That's actually really scary. That's a yeah. little, um, <laughs> it's a little do you, aggressive. Do you know Jay Cockrell? No, he's a bass player. He's a fucking crazy, crazy bassist. Really cool dude too. Actually. He was on the show, um, uh, two episodes ago. Oh, okay. Uh, so the one just before Al, who was by the time this comes out, Al will have been last week. Okay. So Jay was the week before Al. And he is a hardcore metalhead. And but like he plays all kinds of different genres, but he was showing me pardon me, after we finished up the podcast, we were hanging out for a bit. And he's showing me some of these metal bands that he's listening to. A handful of them were really fucking cool. And like they can all play. They're all really yeah. good players, and I appreciate that. But there was one group in particular, I think they're called Mayhem, that he showed me. And it was kind of scary. <laughs> like I was like this is too much for me, man. This is like, this, it's just, I had to draw, like, I don't know, something yeah, in, this is freaking something me out. in me. I'm like, okay, I can't really handle, like my heart started beating really fast. I was like, I feel that like fight or flight kind of thing. And I was like, I kind of want to get the fuck out of here. Like this is making me really uncomfortable. So we, he, it was nice of him. Cause it was like a live concert and he's like, you doing all right, man. I'm like, I think this is too much. <laughs> and he yeah. turned, luckily he turned it off for me, but it was just like the, I think, not even so much just the music, but the visuals that went along with it. There's like pigs heads on sticks oh and stuff. Gosh. And like this dude was wielding this really weird blade and they were all like, it was just really, really intense and like a lot of strobe lights and just harsh lighting and stuff like that. And it was just like, oh, this is too much for me. This Yeah, like, it sounds kind of like a scary movie. Yeah, it was almost <laughs> like a horror movie, but it was like scarier because I'm like, horror movies are fictional. I was like, this shit's going down. Yeah, and this like is some actually the, happening. Yeah, and like some of the dudes from that band were involved in like church burnings and stabbings and like oh all kinds gosh. of crazy shit. Um, the the subgenre is called black metal, I believe. Okay. Unless I'm talking out of my ass, but I believe it's black metal, and it was going down in Europe, and like all kinds of weird crimes and stuff are like attributed to this band per- wow. in particular. So then watching them do this stuff, I'm like. Uh, I know <laughs> what these fuckers have been up to. I've seen that documentary, Headbangers <laughs> Journey. You know, um, 
So it's just like, oh my god, this is too much. And so, but for the most part, ninety percent of music, I think I can I can really yeah. jive with. But there are, I, I still have my limits where it's like, oh, this. Like <laughs> yeah. if I'm scared, it's like it's probably too much. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but there were again though there were some other bands that had a similar kind of sound, but they didn't have the same kind of like really spooky history attached to them. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I can get down with this. This is awesome. That drummer's fucking insane. Look at it. Look at how fast that guy's playing. <laughs> You know, but yeah, so that's, that's really cool though, that you're, that you're branching out and opening up. What are, um, oh, you know what? We'll come to that in a minute. Um, so, uh, high school 15th line, which mm-hmm. sounds like a band on cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that concept had crossed your guys' minds. No, no, we were no. too, we were too young at that point, but, uh, All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> 15th line I've of never, what? I've never thought about that really? before. No. <laughs> I mean, only because I grew up in Ennismore did 15th line of Smith actually pop in my head, but... If you didn't I mean, know that. Yeah, yeah. If, if I'd spent all my time living in the city, I'd have been like, mmm, bunch of fucking cokeheads from the country. <laughs> all right. That's funny. Uh, that's cool. What kind of stuff were you guys, for the most part, before the creative differences kind of cracked um, it up? We wrote some stuff that was... I don't know what you'd really call it. Well, I mean, I shouldn't say we. Um, Chad Dixon, who was uh, uh, one of the guitar players in the band, he's an amazing songwriter. Um, right. And he wrote some songs, and I had the privilege of singing them. That's how right. I should put it. Okay. Um, but they were kind of uh, a little poppy, but had a little bit of a taste of folk to them, I guess. Okay, um, cool. And... Uh, I mean, outside of that, when we were doing cover songs, we were doing like Free Falling and Sweet Child of Mine and songs like okay. that, but just putting like a really acoustic kind of twist on it. Cool. And I had a really twangy country voice going on at that point. So it was sure. a weird, weird dynamic. Did you but... put on like the fake southern accent? Oh, I accent? did. Oh, I totally did. Yeah. I'm glad you don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Glad I grew out of that. Uh, no, that's, that's cool. I'm sorry. I don't... I don't want to sound shitty. I just, I don't like it when pe- people fake accents. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, just be you. Just be exactly. you. Exactly. Like, if you've got good pitch, you probably got at least decent tone. Just just be you. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I, I think you do that very well. Thank you. You know? Um, I'm, I, I know I've said it a bunch of times, but I am a really big fan of your voice. Very Thank much so. Thank you so much. And, uh, and, and, like, your songwriting as well. I, th- I think you write really cool stuff. It's, uh there's a there's a really good emotional content yeah it. yeah and that was always weird for me too with my songwriting especially sometimes I write a song and I have to put it on a shelf for a while before I can play it because everything that I write just comes from it's just really real you know yeah. it's, it's exactly what I'm feeling I can't um I'm not one of those people that sits down with an idea of something that would be a cool song and then I can just write it I mean I can but it just takes sure. me a long time it just doesn't feel the same right. um whereas most of the songs I write, it's it has to be something I'm actually feeling, and then it just kind of spills out. But those ones are hard to hard to sing because yeah, I put a lot of emotion into my originals because they're very real. Yeah, you know? it's uh, every song that I've ever written is something I've actually gone through. So yeah, yeah, I dig that. No, I, I really do because a lot of my stuff. Um, <clears throat> wow, it's about fifty fifty. About half of it is seriously legit. And it has really happened, and it's the way that I really feel about stuff. And sometimes, sometimes it hurts to sing it, you know, mm-hmm. and and to, and to relive that 
in front of people is an odd thing. It, it can is, be it can yeah. be cathartic at the same time. Like it can feel really good to just get that shit out and go, oh, okay, well yeah. it's on Front Street now. So yeah, there you, know, you go. Think of it what you will. I've got not, like I can't hide from it anymore. Yeah, now exactly. it's out in the open, so it can be kind of healing. But then sometimes you know you. I don't know if I, if I'm playing a tune that's very real. Um, sometimes I'll just get that pang, and you're like, "Ah, oh, that really sucked. Yeah. That really that that was a hard time." But and then other times, you know, you're playing something that's again very real, and you're like, "Yeah, that was awesome. I'm, yeah, yeah exactly. I loved that." You know, and you, it's it's cool. And I think the other thing too with writing very um, close to home sort of lyrics and stuff like that is I think you have a more profound ability to change somebody's mood, especially if they're paying really close attention to the lyrics right now. If it's just like a super groover, you're going to make people happy. And yeah. that's, you know, that's, it's inevitable. If you've got something with just a sick beat and it's just funk for days, it's impossible to listen to something like that and not at the very least crack a smile. You are a fucking robot or you're dead inside. Yeah. If you can, if you can turn on, like sex machine by james brown and and not even just go like yeah all right <laughs> cool cool if you don't even do that you're you're a robot i think yeah but <laughs> but then you know um just but being able to really change the way that someone's feeling when they're sitting there listening to you like especially if somebody sheds a tear yeah when you're playing something it's like wow i yeah. did that yeah i made you feel that it's definitely a cool feeling but sometimes i feel bad because i've got one song in particular like my mom's song um and a lot of people who are moms hear that song and they cry and it's like i didn't mean to do that to you i just <laughs> i just wanted to write this cool song for my mom you don't need to yeah. cry <laughs> yeah but it's i think i think that's a different kind of tear that they're yeah. shedding though i yeah. think that's more like oh thank you thank <laughs> yeah. you from mothers thank you you know i think that's probably more what's happening as opposed to like if you had just like the most fucking heart-wrenching like life has shit on me kind of tune <laughs> yeah. and there's someone in the corner that's like me too oh god my life sucks and then they dive into their drink or something uh but uh no i I really, I really enjoy that. So, um, after, so after that band, did you have many bands in high school or was it just the one? No, that's it. Really? That's it for me. Yeah. That, I had that band. And like I said, Andrew and I played together for a while. And, and then, um, then I basically just played on my own for, for a really long time. Right. Um, and you know, I'm starting to collaborate with people now, which is really awesome to be, Mm -hmm. to be getting into that now. And there's some cool things happening but yeah for for a long time it was just after the band you know I just probably about four years I just played acoustic guitar for myself and that was that was that yeah it was a sad life now that I know how much more is out there (laughs) (laughs) yeah wow that's weird because like I never really went through um a solo period I mean now I write stuff for myself all the time that (coughs) <coughs> pardon me that you know it just maybe doesn't fit as a broken harmony song or it doesn't fit for like whomever i'm playing mm-hmm. with at the time and it's like okay well i'll just catalog it i was you know and i mean I, with the digital era now um which i mean you kind of it was already there waiting yeah. for you yeah. which is i mean that's great <laughs> that's so cool like uh and for people that they are kind of born into that i i don't know if you guys genuinely 
appreciate how lucky you are. No, probably not. Because when I first started learning how to play, I was I was learning by ear. So, and we, <laughs> um, what we didn't have on cassette, we had to learn because we we were broken shit uh, growing up. Um, we didn't have a CD player. We had so we had a turntable and we had the cassette player. So and our cassette collection was pretty limited. We had a pretty big record collection, like a couple hundred records. So it was like you'd play along to the record until you fuck up and you go, ah, damn, you have to stop and you have to walk over to the turntable, pick up the needle, lift it back and put it down again. Yeah. So like, that's how I learned how to play was doing that kind of yeah, stuff. See, that's crazy because like, YouTube, I that's know how I learned how to play. And I can't imagine like if I didn't have YouTube, then I probably would never have learned how to play the guitar. My stepdad, um, tried really hard to teach me and he's very patient bless his soul <laughs> but it just was taking me so long to catch on that you know he taught me four or five chords and then i just kind of thought you know what thank mm-hmm. you i'm gonna i'm gonna stop taking up all of your time now and i'm right. gonna youtube.com you just put in anything you want and you yeah. learn it that's all yeah, there is to it for now. sure i think something is there's something to be said too for um and not that your stepdad isn't actually i don't know him but a legit teacher mm-hmm there's a very big difference between someone that can play and that someone that can play and can really yeah. teach. Because when I first started playing too, like um, my dad played a little bit and he showed us a handful of chords, same kind of deal. And then it was a whole lot of trial and error and hitting the wrong notes until he found the right ones. And you're like, and even then, like half of the shit I was playing was close but wrong. Yeah. You know? And um, it wasn't until I got to college when I first had like a really good music teacher because I didn't have good music teachers in high school, which is kind of a bummer because I've, I've talked to a lot of people that have really, did you take music in high school? Um, yeah, I played the flute in high school, actually. That was kind of oh, cool. what I did. Yeah. But, uh, and I took guitar in grade 12. We had a, a guitar class. Um, and that was really awesome too. Um, right. but you know what? It's one of those things. I just hated high school so much that even yeah. guitar class could not bring me out of that. I was just like going in there getting what I needed to get done done and getting out, get the fuck out didn't really absorb yeah. enough of it so yeah I was uh we did we weren't lucky enough to have a guitar program we had it the year after I left oh and I was like you gotta be fucking kidding me <laughs> like at least for that class my attendance would have been 100% yeah yeah like probably not for a lot of other stuff but like it would have been like that and creative writing and and drama <laughs> class yeah. were those you know creative writing and drama class my attendance was really good but um, a, a lot of that other stuff, I just same same idea. Art class, I really dug on. I really yeah. like doing visual arts and shit like that too. But like, um, for the most part, like math and science, which is such a bummer because math and science is so fascinating. Oh, like I no, mean, no, no. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm I'm wearing a shirt that says Astrophysics Men, and it's kind of a play on the X Men. <laughs> And the X-Men in it are, um, well, Stephen Hawking is taking the place of Professor X, which is sort of mean. But uh, <laughs> but then there's Neil deGrasse Tyson, Carl Sagan, and um, Albert Einstein on the shirt for, for any nerds that are listening. <laughs> Solidarity, guys. But um, no, look, given the right instructor, just about anything can be really, really, really fascinating and really cool. And I feel like... Um, I feel like good teachers are too few and far between. Yeah. And and even the good ones, I feel like they're underappreciated. Yeah, absolutely. Because like a good teacher can change everything. 
It really can. And it, it's a, it kind of bums me out that it took me till college to find good teachers. But um, like for music anyway, uh, there was one teacher <clears throat> in high school, uh, Jeff Bemrose, who was a, a drama teacher. And I only ever had him as a sub a couple of times, but he, he started to head up the, uh, the theater program at the school. So I was, I was doing all the plays just to be around him. Cause he was <laughs> such a good teacher. Yeah. He's just such a cool guy. He's fucking awesome dude. And he's a musician too. And he oh, started awesome. actually teaching the guitar course after the year after I left. I was like, ah, and then I actually ended up, um, uh, helping out in his class, like sort of like a student teacher kind of thing oh, okay. for, um, I think it was only a semester, uh, which is however many, like yeah, I, I don't know how long a semester in high school is now it was a few months anyway yeah, i was there for but um but it was neat um uh, although it was a little disheartening because like uh, part of me was like hey maybe i'll maybe i'll teach you know high school m- music or guitar at yeah. least you know I'll, I'll be like a high school guitar teacher and then like there were like five kids out of 30 they gave a shit and i was like never mind yeah Fuck well this. and that's like even when i was in guitar class in in grade 12 um but a lot of people took that class because they thought it was going to be an easy, easy class credit. and yeah. it was like offensive to me because i'm like i'm here to learn yeah. you know i want to yeah. you know but uh yeah they just thought it was going to be easy i actually don't think that they after that year they didn't do guitar class again because so many people failed yeah because they were just you know didn't realize that oh wow guitar isn't just getting drunk and stoned and exactly you know, living the quote-unquote rock and roll lifestyle yeah. you actually have to <laughs> practice and you have to be passionate and you have yeah. to work for it the same way you would work at anything if you want to be good at football you better be on the field every fucking day you know same thing with with music if you want to be a musician like a real musician yeah. you better be practicing every day exactly and i think a lot of people underestimate that too like um because i think i think you have a good voice and i think you're a good songwriter but i think you had to work hard to get there yeah and i don't know about you but sometimes when i'm told i'm talented i feel like that kind of devalues all the hard work i've done how do you feel about that label or are you cooler with it than because i might be just a jaded prick (laughs) it's a weird thing for me because i still have a hard time coming from you know my basement with a usb mic knowing that i sounded so awful when i get compliments like i do it's a weird thing for me to accept because i know how hard i worked and where i started so it's like if you if you knew like what I sounded like (laughs) (laughs) you wouldn't say that (laughs) yeah well see I think there's at least for me I find a very big difference in the compliment of wow you played great or that was a that was an awesome set you guys are super tight or whatever as opposed to you're so talented because that feels like it's like well I wasn't born like that yeah like I didn't (laughs) I didn't come out like I didn't pop out of my mom with a guitar in hand and and like screaming into a microphone that's not how it works no you know so i don't i don't know like now i totally understand that awkward feeling of like wow that was so good and you want to go well yeah but you know there's this (laughs) stuff that i'm still yeah i'm trying to work (laughs) these things out and i used to have a real problem with that until amber (laughs) i'm so lucky because she's really good for me but she'd be like you need to just say thank you and leave it at that. So, <laughs> yeah. like, the last, like, it's been, like, six or seven years that I've been working on just going, thank you. And fighting that urge to be like, I fucked up here and here and here and here <laughs> yeah, and here. And exactly. these are all the things that I need to fix. I know you didn't catch any of it, 
but I did. That fraction of a second where I was slightly off, or like I bent that note a little too far and it was like kind of sharp. It's like, you know, it's just like weird stuff like that where I'm like, "Mm, mm," (laughs) just fighting that down to not spill the beans. Smile and say thank you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Ah, jeez. So, um, you recently, or well, hang on, maybe, maybe we'll come to that in a second. So all the solo stuff after the duo thing kind of went its separate Mm -hmm. ways. Um, then it was just you on your own. Did you start stockpiling songs then? Or, um, yeah, I would uh, see a lot of the time when I was doing my whole solo thing and for the first couple of years anyways, it was just very wasn't enjoyable anymore because I just printed a bunch of cover songs and I put them in a book and like I say I'm not a guitar player so I would be reading my book and playing the same songs over and over again and it was a couple years before I finally thought you know what like enough is enough of this um and decided I was going to start writing and and playing songs that I really that I really cared about but there was a few years there where it was like bit of a rut yeah 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 yeah. I think I think a lot of people go through that kind of stagnation phase where you're like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I mean, luckily for me, when, when I hit that phase, I mean, there was a bunch of other like really messed up stuff going on in my life when I got into the stagnation. Like, it's, uh, anyway, um, Amber was like, why don't you go to school for music? It's all you ever, like at the end of the day, all you ever want to do is make music. Yeah. Why don't you go study it? So, uh, between her and, um, you know Caitlin O'Connor. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you know her boyfriend, Ryan Brown, or Rico is his nickname? He plays with... Yeah, uh, he, he comes to the open mic sometimes. Yeah, yeah. sometimes. Yeah. He's, he's a little more scarce. Yeah. Um, he's an incredible musician, and I've always looked up to that dude. And we were hanging out one night uh, at a Dobro jam. Oh, okay. And I was like, dude, I'm seriously considering going to school to study jazz. Because I, I, I knew that he'd done it. And like this dude, like even to this day, I know it's a little gushy and like oh my god <laughs> but like i do i still kind of fanboy out a little yeah. bit on the inside when i'm talking because he's an incredible player like you've heard him play yeah. you know how good yeah. this dude Amazing. is he's stellar and he plays like he plays more instruments than i do and he's he, well he's a big reason why i wanted to become a multi-instrumentalist i'm like look at this dude he can play all these yeah. different things i'm like shit i gotta do that <laughs> so that's why that was a big part of the reason i started doing that anyway we're, we're hanging out one night smoking a joint and i'm like I'm really thinking about going to music school. I was like, been talking with my girlfriend and she's super supportive of it. I'm like, I don't, what do you think, man? He's like, do it. <laughs> and that fucking sealed the deal. That's so, great. So between Amber and, and Rico, I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to go. And, uh, I, I found, so it was like maybe kind of the same thing when you're like enough is enough. You know, yeah. I got to that point. I'm like, fuck this. I'm so unhappy yeah. doing something that's supposed to make me happy. I'm like, this is crazy. You know, I should be, you know, I don't feel like I'm grown anymore. And so, so I, I, I took off to school. And so you kind of did almost the same thing, but you decided to, I got to write my own music. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. So I want to ask you about your writing process. Typically what comes first? Is it, is it a lyrical idea first usually, or is it a musical idea? definitely lyrical um always 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 i've never written something on the guitar and thought hey i could add lyrics to this Mm. um because i don't know i just i always um it always seems to be the line that becomes the hook of a song that's where where i start right um 
and and then from there sometimes I'll write a whole song I'll have all of the lyrics before I've even thought about what it's actually going to sound like when you put music behind it right it's almost like I would say kind of like almost like writing a poem or something like I've got a melody in my head but it's like it just spills out onto paper and then I decide how it's going to sound right as as a song right so okay but but melody goes with the lyrics though yeah okay Okay, yeah. that makes a little more sense. Because yeah. at first I'm like, really? Really? You just write a fucking poem? And that's it? And then it, and then no. it morphs? Like, that's crazy. Like, I, I've i had the odd time where that happens, where it is a poem. Um, and then it turns into, it's like, oh, well, this could be a song if I make these alterations. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, cool. Well, then what would the melody be? Well, fuck, I should probably figure out the key. And, like, I find yeah. that, like, that's an odd process. Yeah. But... Typically, um, that's really, no, I'm sorry, yeah. sorry. Uh, well, a perfect example neat. of that, you know, having kind of a, a poem and then all of a sudden it's a song is actually my song, The Last Song, which is on my EP. And that was actually kind of just, I guess, word vomit, really. It sure. was just kind of like a diary entry. I was just typing out all of this stuff just to get it out of my head. And then I thought, hey, that'd kind of be a cool song. And I started to kind of play around with it but that was never going to be a song that was just kind of like a you know an emotional dump yeah 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 Yeah. that's cool that's very cool so then you you said you were typing it do you type everything most of the time sometimes I actually write things out because I I like to do that I feel like when you're actually handwriting things sometimes Mm. when I'm typing I think of a line and it might be total garbage and I'll write it down anyways um and, and sometimes those lines that you're writing out that are not the best line that you have in you, when you're when they're already written there, for me anyways, sometimes I just keep coming back to it even though it, it shouldn't be there. So I oh, find wow. when I'm when I actually write things out by hand, you think about it more. And and wow. when you're writing it, you're actually writing the words, you're like, No, there's probably a better word or probably a better line to go there. So Right, right. Yeah. I get that. You're just more careful with your word choice. Um economy of words. Yeah. Is um, that's a that's a big thing uh, that um not only a lot of poets but a lot of stand up comedians use that like what will deliver the point in its best form yeah. with the least amount of um the least amount of language yeah. really in a way now <clears throat> I guess if you're trying to make a like sort of like a rapid fire melody that's not necessarily the best thing or you want maybe like uh, like polysyllabic words to really kind of like give it that kind of feel to it um that's really cool though do you um do you ever employ like um a thesaurus or a rhyming dictionary or anything like that do you ever no no No? and sometimes it's funny because i'll i'll uh think of something in my head and i'll think of a word and i'm like hey that's a cool word but mm-hmm. sometimes I have to be like, I wonder what that means. Does it right. work here? You're like Googling it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I've um, I've definitely thought a word meant something and then gone, better double check yeah, that. Yeah, better you check that. You look it up that. and you're like, oh shit, that's <laughs> not I what I want. That <laughs> that's not what I want at all. Or um, <clears throat> I have a problem sometimes. Um, I ch- I'm, I've been trying to, it's funny because like when I was first really getting into lyric writing, like really heavily. Um, when I decided that, you know what, I'm actually pretty good at this. Um, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't using what I would consider stock words. You know what I mean? Um, I didn't want to, 
I don't I don't really know how to explain it. I I like bigger words. I just really enjoy them, and yeah. I, I want to I, w- I want to I want to make myself think, and I want to try to make my audience think a little bit. And I I feel like maybe not a whole lot of people give their audience enough credit that you know I, they'll probably understand what that word means. Yeah. you know I shouldn't be afraid to use that. <clears throat> But then sometimes, like, I've, I've written some stuff that's pretty verbose and, like, a little overly flowery, like, almost like a doctoral dissertation on language, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, ah, shit. And I'll, like, show it to a buddy uh, or, like, a, a good friend of mine, um, Bob Barrow, is a, he's a great writer, very smart dude. Um, he's mostly a screenwriter. And I'll get him to look stuff over sometimes and be like... If there's a word in there that he's like, I don't know what that means. I'm like, all right, I got to take that out because <laughs> that dude's got a vocabulary for miles. Yeah. And if I if I use something that where he's like, I, what the fuck does that mean? I'll be like, oh shit. Okay, that's gotta never go. mind. That's got to go. <laughs> let's let's find another way to to say this to make it make sense, right? Because I also I don't want to um I don't want to alienate anybody either. So how do you <clears throat> do you ever feel like you have to toe that line, or is that something that even like comes into your head where you're like I can't say I've ever really consciously thought about that. Um, I don't really, like I say, I don't really use like a thesaurus or anything like that. So, and I don't have a huge vocabulary by any stretch of the imagination. So for me, it's just kind of, um, I guess I use kind of mostly just common language, I guess, that that most people would understand. And I've never really, never really thought about that before, really. Um, most of most of what I write is just such a feeling when it comes out that I'm like, there's no way that somebody can't understand this sure. because it's a feeling, you know? Right, right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, I, I'm such a fucking nerd, though, that I just, like, and honestly, like, I, I won't necessarily go to the, the, to the thesaurus. Jesus, that's hard <laughs> to say. I won't necessarily run to a thesaurus because I'm like, I can't use this same word again. It's like, when, <laughs> when I was younger, I actually used to, this is gonna sound so lame, but I used to read the dictionary oh my and and read the thesaurus because it was like the language is so cool, and I was so into um, poetry and creative writing and like writing short stories and stuff like that. I was really obsessed with that shit in high school, like kind of alongside music, right? Yeah. So I just, I know that sounds so lame. No, right? like uh, what a fucking you're loser. the first person at home. I've ever met that has actually read the dictionary. I think. People joke about that sometimes, but you really did it. Yeah, well, not necessarily <laughs> cover to cover, but I would read large yeah. excerpts of it. And, like, but I'm a fucking weirdo, though, I get, I think. Because, like, I've talked to people and they're like, you really do that shit? Like, because I'm, like, here's another example. Like, I'm not a religious dude in the slightest, but I've read the Bible cover to cover. I'm reading the Quran currently just because. Wow. Um, and uh, I've I've read some, some uh, Nietzsche. Uh, Frederick Nietzsche, who's a he's a nihilist, which is oh, like okay. everything is random and chaos and like kind of like the f- it's a type of philosophy. It's and it's very um, atheistic, and so but like just because like you got it like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna pretend to be open minded, I should really yeah, pretend be hard. Open-minded. You know, yeah. I should really try. <laughs> so it's like if I'm gonna read because at first it was um. There's this really cool philosopher named Alan Watts. You ever heard of him? I haven't, no. He's, he's, he's a lecturer. He's fucking amazing. Uh, I don't, actually, you know what's weird is I don't even know if he's still alive. Uh, but he's got hours and hours and hours of these lectures, and he just talks about life, and it's beautiful. And he talks about how, like, 
a lot of things are interconnected and all this kind of stuff. And he like talks about these weird adventures where he's like hanging out with yogis and like all these like weird like masters of their philosophy and in like his interpretation of it and stuff. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. This is making me so open minded. And then I was like, <laughs> is it though? Because if I'm only listening to one philosopher, whether or not he's taking it from multiple philosophies, I'm listening to it through the same filter. So I should check out these other people. So I was yeah. like, well, what's the opposite of this? Well, nihilism is, you know, and not in that nihilism is pretty grouchy shit, though, because it's yeah. like, fuck everything, basically. So I was like, but still, you know, if I'm constantly reading and listening to the beauty and interconnectedness of the world, I should t- take a look at the complete polar opposite yeah. position of this instead of reading that's so, like i don't know like uh, i'm i'm such a fucking nerd like cause I, I will I'll, I'll read that stuff and then i'll go hang out with the dictionary for a little bit or the <laughs> yeah. thesaurus because why not i guess yeah why and, not but sometimes i am concerned that 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 some of that overthinking creeps into my writing and that some people might not get it and i don't want to alienate anyone i don't want to pretend i'm any smarter than anybody else because i'm i'm not i'm a fucking moron i don't know <laughs> hardly anything except for the shit that i've read and i assume that it's factual yeah like, i really <laughs> don't know a whole lot for certain i mean i know the way my guitar works yeah I, there you go. and only because i because I, I can hear it and so and i've been taught that that sound is a good sound you know so even yeah. that i don't really know like <laughs> I just take it for granted that my A resonates at 440 hertz, you know? I don't yeah. know if it really does or not. <laughs> I really don't know. I just, like, like I, there is a mathematical equation that I've, I've looked up a few times, and when I've got the formula there, I can work out what each note should resonate yeah. at. But again, I'm not smart enough to know if that's true. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I just, I find that so strange in kind of lovely at the same time because like this is something that oh okay hang on this is a cool concept i think um and i know we're getting totally off topic and i apologize (laughs) and we're going to come back to your writing in a second but i just want to put this out there because i think this is a beautiful thing um everything that exists as far as i know has some kind of resonance some resonant frequency because everything Mm -hmm. vibrates right like even like um if you get down to like the subatomic, like our, our particles and shit like that, that make up us, there's all kinds of space in between it. Like our skin isn't actually like, I'm not actually touching myself right now. There's air in between my fingers and my skin, even though it looks like I'm pulling on it, which I know that's super fucked and maybe a weird thing to wrap your head around. Like we're almost not even sitting in the, in these chairs. There's like, there's still stuff in between. That's like, nothing's really touching, but everything's still vibrating at the same time. So if everything's vibrating and everything has a resonant frequency and notes are just resonant frequencies, then existence itself is just a cacophony of sound. Wow. It could be that existence is a symphony if you want to interpret it that way, which I know sounds like ridiculous stoner talk, but, (laughs) but that's the way I choose to look at it. That's so, awesome. I don't That's know. Awesome. Take from that what you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So back to your writing. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I know that was really weird. That was a really weird tangent, but I just wanted to share that. Yeah, that's That's cool. something that keeps, that's the kind of shit that keeps me up at night, <laughs> which is why, that's why math and science is so fucking cool. <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't like math. I'm not a math person. But music is math. 
Yeah, but I don't know anything about the math part of music. I I'll, just, I'll show you. Uh, it, but math, math. It's Dude, but when you understand <laughs> how it works, it's so fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I like, guess, I guess. Oh, and, and it is an incredibly handy songwriting tool. If you're sick of using the same chords over and over and over again, which I was for a while before I really had my theory kind of worked out. I mean, obviously, there's always something to learn, and I could go infinitely down the rabbit hole with that shit, as far as I know. Yeah. But, I mean, at least to the point that I've got kind of squared away, it's really helped break my molds. And because every once in a while, I'll be like, man, I've been writing the same kind of style for a very, very long yeah. time. I want to branch out a little bit. And... Um, by not only exploring other players' music, but by exploring the theory behind what they're doing. I'm like, ah, you clever motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you're doing that. It's like, okay, cool. I can not only adopt that idea, but I can shape it. I can change it. I can mold it using these other theoretical principles that will allow me to create something that sounds nothing like what you've written, but I've completely stolen that idea from you. Yeah. So in that regard, and and it's all math. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that sounds lame. I know it sounds lame, and I'm not trying to take the magic and joy out of it. I'm just trying to illustrate another way to find even more magic and, yeah, totally. and, and joy in it. <laughs> um, but, okay, so um, you're on your own. You're writing your own stuff. You said fuck it, I'm sick of playing this shit out of a book. Yeah. It's time to really start hitting my own thing. Did you find it difficult at first to to hop onto that train of thought where now I need to not just reproduce, but produce? Like, was that a weird learning curve? It definitely was. Um, I think for me, once I started writing songs, it was almost like therapeutic for me. I mean, I'd always been writing songs, but when I started really sitting down and thinking, I'm going to write some songs, mm. um, more so than it being something where I was, it started out, obviously, I just wanted songs. I wanted sure. substance. I wanted to fill the gaps between all my covers, yeah. right? Um, but then it became this thing where I would write a song and, and put it on a shelf for a couple of years. Nobody would ever hear it. I was just kind of doing it more for me. And it kind of, right. even though, you know, you'd have those shows where I was still you know sometimes still playing still playing songs out of a book yeah. i had this element of you know what what made me love music in the first place was back yeah. again you know right. even if nobody was hearing it yet that little thing that's just for you yeah even exactly. if it's like you know it's like that's waiting for me at home yeah. yeah 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 that's awesome that's really cool so what was what was the first song that you wrote when you were like now i gotta start doing this because i know we talked about the the uh, the last song and the song for your mom yeah. and stuff like that. Um, I'm assuming that stuff maybe came a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what was the first one? Once I yeah, I guess it would probably. I've never really thought about that. Probably lie to me. That was the that oh, was the first. Song. That's a good song, dude. Yeah, that was the first. That was the one first that, one you wrote. That was the first Fuck one. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not the first song I wrote ever. My first no, I, I song would be Perfectly Imperfect. That was my okay. first real song. Um, but yeah, once I, you know, came to the other side of the bit of a, a slump I was in, that was probably right. the first one that I wrote. And that just kind of nice. started this thing. And the whole EP came out of that. That's, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So then, like you were saying before, um, lyrics and melody first. Mm -hmm. Did you kind of in tandem 
write the did you did you write the music for it yourself as well i did okay yeah. i thought so yeah. i was pretty sure yeah so um so then what chords <laughs> <laughs> What are so, your favorite chords? What are your favorite chords, Hillary? <laughs> that is a weird inside joke, and I apologize for anybody listening that <laughs> does not understand why we're laughing about that. Um, <laughs> well, G is really fancy. Um, <laughs> really like the G chord. G chords are usually good one. follow it up with an E minor. Oh, one six. <laughs> See numbers and chords. Well, because I don't know. the G it's major scale. <laughs> the G major scale. G A B C D. Oh, sorry, D E. Sorry, I'm thinking E major for a second because because uh, we were talking about E. But uh, G A B C D E. That's six. One two three four five six. One six. Cool. Yeah. And then uh, like F sharp lesson. would be seven, and then G is back to one. But uh, yeah, sorry. I. Uh, that's another part of the reason why I don't drink when I'm playing because I know I mix keys together like E major yeah. and G major, which are so not the same fucking key. <sighs> but uh, yeah, so G to E minor, that's a good start. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What next? Usually a C. Yeah, go yeah, to the four yeah. chord. Good Followed call. Followed by a D, maybe. Uh, yeah, to the five yeah. to resolve back to one, maybe. Yeah. Every once in a while, I throw an A minor in oh, there. Oh, two chord. Really fancy. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, if you went like one six two. That would be cool, uh, which would be uh, G, E minor, A, and then take it to the 5 so you could resolve back to 1, which would be the D. So oh, okay. G, E minor, A minor, D, uh, probably D7, um, or dominant is the technical name for it because it's got a major 3rd and a minor 7 in it, but uh, which that probably doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> right over my head. <laughs> but um, yeah, that would, be, that would be a solid chord progression. Or you could do like a 1, 6, 4, 2, 5, 1. That would be cool too, which would be uh, G to E minor to C major to A minor to D seven back to G. That would be good. <laughs> Sounds be re- fancy. Uh, Sounds yeah. fancy. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> there you go. There's a free song. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Gonna have to listen back to this and yeah, write it all, all down. Shit. It's like, what, yeah. what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> Existence is a symphony. What a stoner. <laughs> oh shit. Okay, so I'm sorry. So, although, okay, so when you've got when you've got your your lyrics and your melody done, then um, do you do you just find like what your root is like, and what I mean by root, like your your home base note, your tonal center, if you will. Um, do you just find that out of your melody, or will you accommodate your melody to to fit? Either or, either or. Like sometimes it's um. Sometimes I have a melody and the lyrics in my head, and then once that's kind of done, then I, I mean, I shouldn't say done. Most of the time it's like halfway through a song. You got to pick yeah, up the guitar, of right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But sometimes that'll totally change what I thought the song was going to sound like. Sure. And sometimes I'm just like hitting my head off the wall trying to find the, the chord that, right. that sounds like what was in my head. Right, right. Um, yeah, it's it's funny because I know a lot of people have, you know, a specific process. And I would say I definitely do in the sense that, you know, the lyrics always come first and right. and that kind of thing. But it's kind of different every time past that point. You know, once I have yeah. that hook or it's just kind of I just kind of let it go where it takes me. Yeah, kind of thing. well, that's yeah. good. You, you, you should never get in the way. Like, yeah. like you should never like overthink something to the point where you're getting in the way of the song coming out. I, I think. Yeah, I mean, like, totally. however... Like, whenever I'm writing, and for me, it's not always the lyrics that come first. Sometimes it's the music. Sometimes it's completely in tandem. Sometimes I'll have an instrumental piece, and I'll have 
uh, a poem, and I'll just go, wait a minute. Look at that. Awesome. <laughs> this shit lines up perfectly. And now I don't have to do extra work for either one of those things. Yeah. I can be lazy as fuck today. And song's done. Yeah. <laughs> now, those rare occurrences, well, I just said it, the rare. You yeah. know, it's it's very it's very infrequent that just a, like a freak chance moment like that will come about. Although there was one day, uh, this tune uh, that Brandon and I wrote, um, I'd been working on um, on this lyric, and it was it was almost really just a poem. And it, this is a fictional thing, so like this is the other half where it's like just totally untrue. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, you know, just wrote this weird lyric about this like fictional dude that used to be a big uh like I, I guess a tycoon but he didn't really earn his way he like kind of like bullshitted his way and like you know like stole power almost yeah. to be the top of i don't know some company or something and then lost it and then ended up being a homeless dude and then through that gained perspective and wisdom and all this kind of so it's like you know it's kind of sappy it's kind of shitty yeah. but um i mean not shitty sorry <laughs> I shouldn't, it's actually i if i do say my do say so myself i think it's quite well written uh, but, uh, I had this lyric and I'm like, I have no idea what I want to do musically. And I was like, kind of like, ah, fuck it. I'll just, I'll just leave it because sometimes when this happens, I'll inevitably write a piece of music that'll, ju- that'll just jive with it and yeah. it'll be sweet. And then, um, Brandon came over later that day after I just like finished my, f- like my first draft and, uh, or no, it wasn't even the first draft. It was just the first, uh, the first verse in like maybe the pre-chorus or something like that. And, um. And he's like, I got this riff, and I have no idea what to do with it. And he played it for me, and I was like, dude, I have a lyric that I have no idea what to do with. And I was like, play that again. And he played it, and I just started singing over it. And, like, because, like, I didn't have an idea for melody or anything. Yeah. And it was just like, boom, they just there came together. And I'm like, oh, yeah, son. <laughs> and I'm like, sweet. And I'm like, okay, hang on. Let's, let's jam on this for a little bit. So, like, he had the main riff. And then we were kind of fucking around with just a couple of different chords uh, in, in like a, what became the verse. Mm-hmm. And then and then we came up with like the pre-chorus and, and, the, and the chorus thing. Uh, kind of, so he, he had the initial riff and then we kind of co-wrote musically the, the verse and pre-chorus and chorus, actually. Because the chorus was just the main riff. That mm-hmm. he, so no, I had nothing to do with the main riff. He wrote that himself. Uh, but then the the verse and the pre-chorus we kind of came up to uh, came up with together, and then I was like, "This needs a bridge. It has to have a bridge." And then I was like, "I don't. know. We ran out of time." I was like, "Ah, leave me with it." And I'll if I don't come up with something, if I come up with something that sucks, I'll just bounce the ball back in your court. And um, luckily though, I was able to come up with something, and it was like just like that, you know, like. Yeah. And it's that's I I love that kind of shit. Like when you're like kind of like oh, I'm sort of. St- duck on this yeah. thing and then somebody comes in that if you're lucky enough to really trust them you can be like can you look at this for me because i just i don't i don't fucking know man like i'm i'm stuck and they're like well i was stuck with this thing or like who knows yeah. how it goes or they go well have you ever thought of this and you just go oh yeah oh my <laughs> god yeah totally i love when that kind of like serendipity yeah. just kind of coalesces it's so yeah. good i love that shit it's and awesome. it's funny too one thing that I find, and it's awesome when this happens, because I'll think of a line or a couple lines, but then you just hit a wall. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes it'll be months. I've had it like a year later, you're writing something else, and it's like, hey, shit, that's yeah. it. Yeah, you know? yeah, totally. And, and finally, that line that's just been 
nagging you, know? you yeah. for ages. And you're like, ha, I beat you. I yeah. beat you. Here's your home. Yeah, yeah. This is where you belong now. Yeah, yeah. I love that kind of stuff. That's And it was funny, too, that you were talking about earlier. Uh, when you're typing stuff, you'll maybe plot a line in that's like, you know, really isn't no, up to snuff. No, it's not the line. Do you, do you find placeholders to be detrimental or do you find those to be advantageous it depends because like i said sometimes placeholders just throw me off because then there's a line that i know is not the line but i find myself trying to build around it okay Um, and and then you know you've you've got this song at the end of the day that's like this is shit like how did this happen (laughs) this started out as such a good idea you know um so that's why i find sometimes placeholders I don't know. Sometimes I will just keep keep singing things over and over again until I just find the one. Right. Because I find otherwise. Um, the way that I write is I usually write, you know, a verse um, and then build a song around it. Right. Typically, that's what I start with. And I find if, if the first verse that I write is not solid before I think about anything else, yeah. sometimes I'm building this song around, around you know, something, something that sub- song, a song shouldn't be built around. Yeah, right? for sure. So, yeah. Do you ever have like a moment though where you write such a killer opening line where you're like, shit. Yeah. Now I'm yeah. St- like, now I, now I have this obligation like... to make the rest of the song yeah. comparable to yeah, this. Yeah, totally. Like, God damn it. Okay. 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 <laughs> Here we go. I can do this. I can, <laughs> I can do this. I yeah. can't do this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes with lines like that, when when I think it's you know the opening line, um, a good example of that is "Lie to Me." There's a the the second verse was initially the first verse, right? Um, and I because I love that verse, I'm very proud of it. I'm you know I don't I don't uh, toot my own horn much when it comes sure. to my songwriting, but I'm very proud of the second verse of that song. And that was initially the first verse, and then right. I thought I just couldn't I just couldn't follow it. So I thought right. you need to shuffle this around. And now that I've done that, it makes so much more sense. It right. almost has more more of an impact i find than trying to follow it it's just kind of like boom there it is in the middle of the song yeah maybe gives it like a better flow yeah to to end up at this point too like is it is it a two verse tune or three two two okay yeah yeah Yeah. i i like to do you do a lot of like two verse yeah yeah me too like especially almost always yeah Yeah. like sometimes i'll sometimes i'll expand past that but like um it was funny when i first started writing like rock and roll songs when mm-hmm. I was especially in high school everything was like super formulaic like it was like intro first verse pre-chorus chorus instrumental break second verse pre-chorus yeah. chorus guitar solo <laughs> you know <laughs> then uh double chorus outro every song was that yeah. progression and that's like and I like marked everything out like that and it's like um, it took me a long time to leave that style of, of writing and just let a song be what yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, be what it's going to be. Yeah, totally. Which, um, d- did that take you a while to, to find that? Or did you or did you just kind of let that happen pretty early on? I, you know what? I don't even know if I'm there yet. Oh, okay. Really, <laughs> really I don't. Because um, I do find myself constantly, I think a lot of it comes, again, from country music. Like, if you listen to country, it's like first chorus first chorus sometimes you're going to repeat another chorus at the end and then that's it right so a lot of my songs are structured that way right um and it's something that lately i've found myself you know kind of breaking away from it a bit right but it's not so much of um i don't consciously think about it i think it's just like um 
in my head it's like that's how a song goes right so, like more of a subconscious kind of thing yeah, yeah yeah so so that's definitely i'm still working on that really um, sure well yeah. you should always like i mean so am i don't get me wrong i don't think i've got my song structure or like my the way i write is it every song is written differently yeah um and it has been for the last like i feel like at least for me i was 20 mm, when i started to write good shit the first like good one it was almost a fluke really um uh, it was this tune that i wrote just before i went to college so it would have been 23 and then i didn't write another like good song for another year and then <laughs> and then i didn't write another like good tune i wrote like there were there were all kinds of interim yeah. songs but there's like um <laughs> uh i feel like i was yeah i would have been like uh so it was like 23 was the first like good one 24 was the next one then um Shit, then it was like two years. Because I was doing a bunch of sideman work yeah. for people. Uh, so then 26 was the next one. And then I actually, I wrote a handful of decent tunes at 26. Um, but one of them actually, uh, no, I wrote one at 26. And I wrote a poem, which became another song later. Um, uh, it, it became a song at 27. And then at 28... Which I know that sounds so weird. It was like almost like years in between like good yeah. stuff. Um, and then at 28, I wrote this one song and it was like, it was weird. It was like I unlocked some kind of door into being able to write. And then I, and then I, I just started pouring this stuff out and mm -hmm. I was like, whoa, these are pretty good. Like this, huh? okay, this is different. Like I've never yeah. written like this before. And then all of a sudden just boom, 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 boom. And like, there's a lot of stuff that, that came after that. And like, I was always very obsessed with lyrics and, and, but part of my problem, uh, musically was I was always trying to write really weird music. Yeah. Like, cause I was like, ah, everybody writes the fucking stock. I can, you know, I can totally <laughs> do my own thing, you know? And I just, I, I really struggled with, because I'm a really big fan of complexity. I really enjoy that in music. But you can very, very easily isolate an audience. Very easily. Mm -hmm. Because not everybody wants to sit there and go, hmm, yeah, this is very interesting. I like how he played the flat five to the sharp nine. I was good. Yeah, do it again. You know, it's like not a lot of people listen that way. Yeah. So I was finding that I was alienating a lot of people. And then I was like, what if I mask the tricky yeah. Like, what if I put, like, weird shit that doesn't necessarily come across on the surface as really a bizarre thing to do? You know, if I, like, um, so I had this, like, one tune that I put into a blues progression, but the way that I played it was, like, the riff itself was actually not easy. Like, really not easy. Yeah. But, it, but it it was in a blues structure. It was just what, what you would call a one four five chord progression. Yeah. So like um, a good example would be GCD or uh, or Folsom Prison Blues, you know, E A B, you know that that's a one four five. Yeah. So um, so I put this really crazy riff into a one four five progression. And I'm like ah, there we go. And then I like played around a little bit with certain things and um, just changed it 
a little bit and had like really strange concepts, but kind of just under the surface yeah. of what seemed to be very simple. And at least for me, that that was the first time when I was like, fuck, I can I can do this thing where people won't be like, oh, this is OK. Yeah, you studied jazz in college. <laughs> Good for you, asshole. You know, so, that, you know, they weren't like turned off by what I was doing, but it was enough to keep me really interested in what I was playing. But not so strange that I would alienate yeah. people. Um, did you did you feel that when you like first hit on like lie to me when you when you're like mm-hmm. holy fuck <laughs> this is this is really good I I know I have something here did yeah. you feel like to put it in kind of a lame because I'm a nerd I'm a big yeah. nerd to put it in in nerd terms did you feel like you like leveled up Yeah totally you know? uh, and it's funny because. Um, I wrote that song in Canmore. I moved out to Canmore for a while and I was actually sitting on the roof. It was such a moment for me as That's a songwriter. Awesome. Yeah. I love it sitting already. on the roof looking at the Three Sisters Mountains and that song just kind of it was one of those things where afterwards you sit there and you're like, Shit, where did that come from? Yeah. Did did I just really write that? And I said like afterwards, you know, I I didn't write that song. It was like the mountains wrote that song and I was just kind of holding the pen, you know? Um, And shortly after that, it was actually all in the same week. Nameless came that same week. Um, And a lot of the other songs that were on the EP, some of the ones that didn't make the EP. um, Sure. Well, you you always got to trim stuff too, right? Yeah, because it was one of those things where, yeah, that just, that song lit a fire. Yeah. 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 It's a great moment when that happens. And then you're like, Oh, and I don't know about you. I'm sure I, I imagine it would have had to. But after I wrote that tune, it gave me the confidence yeah. to really yeah. push forward with a lot of other stuff. Yeah, like that was the first time I wrote a song and showed it to someone. And they were like, oh, my God, you wrote that? You know, usually I was writing kind of like cheesy little songs and people would say, oh, hey, good job, Hillary, you know. Yeah. Um, but that song, people were like, you didn't write that song. And that's the first time that's ever happened to me. Yeah. Like, really? And it's funny too because even after even after that and, and after recording the album and everything, I never really considered myself a songwriter. Right. Um, but last year in April, I entered a songwriting competition in Oshawa, and I won. And I was like, Right on. What? Like, I just won. Did this really I didn't just know happen? You won a songwriter competition. Yeah. That's awesome. Good yeah. For you. It was really really crazy to me and i think that that's actually probably the moment where i was like yeah you can do this you're a songwriter now i never used to call myself a singer songwriter i was just a singer but right. but that was like you know what yeah you write songs and people like them so, yeah fuck yeah yeah that's sweet right on it's really good to get those confidence boosts too yeah. right because then that gives you the it gives you the the momentum to kind of push forward and end up end up branch out and maybe reach for stuff that you're like ah you know, even like four months ago, I couldn't have done this thing. Yeah. And now I've, now not only do I feel like I have the, the technical ability to do so, but now I have the daring yeah. to, to attempt it. And then when it works, when you're like, this is a pretty ballsy move, fuck it, let's go for it. Yeah. And then you do it and you stick the landing and you're like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bow before thoraxes <laughs> or something. Re- Sorry, that's a really bizarre inside joke that... Maybe like three people, if they're listening, will get it. But that's okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I love that kind of stuff. When you when you really hit on something, you're like, fuck yeah. And there's like, there's, some, there's something to be said too for writing something that you're super proud of mm-hmm. for an extended period of time. Yeah. Because I've definitely written stuff in the past where I'm like, 
yeah, well, like, for, like, the first two weeks, I'm like, yeah, this song is yeah. sick. And then, like, two weeks later, you're like, that song sucks. Yeah. Or at least I've definitely had that multiple times. And then, but then to write something where even, like, years later, you're like, that's a good fucking song. Yeah. 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 little pat on the back, you know? Yeah. Well, it is crazy, you know. Well, even, like, Brandon and I just wrote a song that, um... I think I'm going to be proud of forever. Like, it's such a cool song. Yeah. And it's one of those things where, um, you know, and he's amazing, obviously. He came up with this awesome, really, he came up with the song and then I helped with the lyrics. Like, musically, it was it was him. Right. Um, but, but looking at that now and, and looking at where I was, even when I was sitting on the roof writing Lie to Me to listen to something that I'm a part of now mm. and, you know, I'm still proud of Lie to Me, but yeah. to, to hear, you know, um, that song, it's like, it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy how, how far. Yeah. Well, you're growing as, yeah. as, as a writer and you should, you should, you know, compare your, your new stuff to your old stuff. I think, cause anytime I'm like feeling like maybe I'm not progressing the way I, I want to be, be like, well, let's weigh it against something. I'll listen to something from like last year, a couple of years yeah. ago and I'll be like, I'm doing all right. Yeah. You know, or, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> or, or, you know, or, if, and then vice versa. If I'm feeling like kind of like la da about my playing, <laughs> I'll, I'll throw on like some Victor Wooten or Jack Opus stories or something. And go, ah, fuck back to the woodshed. Yeah. You know, man, you know, it's like, all right, you felt like a hot shot for a day. Now it's back to work, you know? Yeah. So it's, I think it's really good to be, uh, the way that I like to describe it is being aware of your position on the totem pole. You know, I think it's a really important thing. Like, you got to know that, yes, you are good, but maybe, maybe you're not at the top of the pole. Yeah. Right? And, but you got to know that you're, when you're not at the bottom either, you know, yeah. and, and it's really important to be self-aware. And I think yeah. that's a very difficult place to get to. Um, and something that has kind of helped me recently is uh, when I restarted martial arts, mm -hmm. you know, cause I did it for years when I was a little kid. Like I started when I was four and I trained at the time I was 18, you know, and I was, I was, I was a bit of an ass kicker for a little <laughs> while. Like when I was, you know, when I was doing the full contact tournaments and stuff and like winning all the time, like I was, you know, like I was doing pretty well, although it was striking only, it was striking only. There was no grappling involved. It wasn't MMA. Cause this was before MMA became mainstream. Like when I was a kid, I remember, trading bootleg VHS tapes of, of old mixed martial arts fights. And it was like, you know, you had to like be like all in hushed tones. You're like, man, I got the new UFC, you know? And it was like, <laughs> yeah. because like back then, like it was attributed to like human cockfighting, you know, oh, like wow. it was, yeah. Like it, now it was also super unregulated. Like you could punch somebody in the dick for like <laughs> 10 minutes until they tapped out. Yeah. Like, and that wasn't against the rules. Like you could, you could soccer kick somebody in the face when they were on the ground. Like it was, it was, there was Sounds a time when it was, brutal, it was yeah. pretty barbaric <laughs> for a little while. I mean, now it's super regulated and it's, it's actually safer than boxing. Um, mm -hmm. uh, for the most part, I mean, now there's still accidents and stuff, but there have been considerably fewer, really devastating injuries. Like boxing has caused actually quite a few deaths. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, well, cause you get this 10 count and then you can stand back up and it's enough time to kind of clear the cobwebs, but you're still concussed. Mm -hmm. And like, cause you can get concussed without getting knocked out, yeah. right? Which is actually a big part of the reason why I ended up leaving martial arts initially was because I started getting concussions because I was fighting full contact. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, you know what? Now, like I, I, I never got like fully knocked out, 
by it. Like, I get knocked down, and you get back up, and, you know, you get a second to kind of yeah. shake it off. You're like, ah, and you get back in there. And then, you know, maybe your hand gets raised at the end of the of the match, which is always great. And you get this trophy to take home, and sometimes you get, like, 25, 50 bucks. Like, <laughs> yeah. fuck all for getting the shit kicked out of you for, like, 15 minutes. But, um you start getting concussions and stuff and you start tripping over your words and you start getting kind of dopey and you're like, Jesus Christ, you know what? I've never been like, had my face kicked in doing playing my guitar. Yeah. Maybe I'll just stick with this for a little (laughs) while. But then again, recently, sorry, back to the initial point. (laughs) Jesus, I'm sorry about that. Um, I started in, um, I started up taking Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and I've never done grappling really. Like I did a little bit of judo when I was a kid and I did a little bit of like joint lock crossover stuff in karate, but, um, I only did like a year of judo. So like I got to like what my orange belt maybe, which is like fucking nothing. So now I'm, I'm doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I'm such a white belt. Like I'm getting smoked <laughs> all the time. Actually, I got, I got demolished by this tiny, tiny woman, um, which is really cool. Like, cause it just goes to show how effective the shit is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had to. I had to roll with her, and I I got to start in a semi-dominant position. I was in her her guard, which Mm -hmm. means, like, she's got her legs kind of wrapped around my waist. Like, if I was kneeling in front of her, her legs are wrapped around like this, and I'm trying to pass her guard and get into what's called mount, which would be, like, I'm basically sitting on her chest, Mm -hmm. and or, like, get her into some kind of submission, which I know, like, one chokehold. And, (laughs) like, I'm not entirely sure really effectively how to get into it when i'm up against someone who can break me yeah and it was like it was something like and like i'm just looking at her and she's you know she's got a t-shirt on but she's jacked and i'm like <laughs> please don't hurt me and she's but she's small she's like maybe she's like five three five four yeah. with all the muscle tone though i'm guessing probably like 130 pounds yeah and she's like fucking jacked she's like she's small around the waist but she's muscular yeah and i'm like <laughs> we, we get in position i'm like please don't hurt me <laughs> she's like i'm not gonna hurt you dude i'm gonna win but i'm not gonna hurt I'm you gonna and hurt i'm you. like oh my god and just like boom all of a sudden i'm in a triangle choke and i'm like oh my god and i'm like tapping out because she got her legs wrapped around my yeah. throat choke me the fuck out i'm like okay i clearly lost that round yeah and in timely fashion too it took her like two <laughs> minutes and it was just like so it's amazing and it's it's really cool and it, it i think it really helps with that um concept of self-awareness yeah. you know where as a striker in my prime i was a bit of a badass as a fucking total white belt in jujitsu yeah getting choked out by somebody half my size you know and it's it's i, th- I think that's really cool and it's it's amazing to feel that vulnerable and starting over at scratch again yeah absolutely and i think that i mean i'm very fortunate speaking to music to be surrounded by so many amazing musicians because keeps you humble right um and that's an important thing you know you might think that what you're doing is really cool and then you go somewhere like even the open mic on a tuesday night and it's like yeah you know what (laughs) i'm okay yeah yeah but it's yeah and i think that's I love those open mics for that reason, too, because you get to meet all these people that you wouldn't otherwise know. Like, we wouldn't know each other if it weren't for that. And, like, the first time I heard you sing, I'm like, holy shit. (laughs) Who is this person? I need to meet her because she can fucking sing like that. i got to talk to this person. That's amazing. You know, and then, like, uh, well, shit, uh, Kaylin. 
Kalen Davidson. Yeah. I wouldn't know him if it weren't for the open mic. Um, and even before he was at the Oxford, when it was still at Gabby's, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't know Matt if, no. it, if it weren't for the open it's mic. It's crazy you know? when, when you think about that open mic, like Matt's yeah. amazing. Um, and, yeah. and it's crazy. The, the people that, that I've met and, you know, that, we all now kind of know each other on this level and we were strangers yeah. before. Yeah. Right. And all it took it's... was watching one another play a song yeah. and it's like, all right, we're friends now. We're probably, yeah. It's like, <laughs> I'm going to talk to you, but I'm pretty sure we're friends. Yeah. <laughs> Just going to double check with this conversation yeah. and yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. We are friends. Good. I, I dig it. I dig it. Like fucking Lance is another one. Yeah. You know? Um, well shit, like almost everybody that frequents that yeah. open mic, I'm like, yeah, it's you again. Right on. What are you playing this week? You yeah, know? that's I can't awesome. can't wait to hear what you got, awesome. to, you know, up your sleeve. This is going to be great. And it's, it, you know, it's really cool. Well, fuck, um, Brandon's like one of my best friends now and we met four years ago at an open mic. Yeah. And, it's uh, crazy. yeah, just, you know, it's, it's wild. The, the connections that music provides for people. I think it's really cool. I, I like the way that it kind of connects people and it, it really creates empathy as well mm -hmm. like when you hear a really good story especially when it's real like when you're talking about all your all your songs come from a legitimate emotional place mm -hmm. you're creating this empathetic connection with your audience and they hear it they believe it and they trust you now you're, yeah okay yeah i felt that with you i i get it okay cool and it it allows us to kind of and this is going to sound so cheesy, but it allows us to kind of like peer into the other person's soul for a, yeah, for a brief period of definitely. time, you know, for that like yeah. three and a half minutes, you're pouring your heart out. It's like, I see who you are while you're yeah. doing that. And I think that that is such a really, really cool connector. And it's, it's such a great language. And I, I, I say this almost every time I'm talking to a musician on the show, which is most of the time because <laughs> I don't really know a whole lot of people outside of music, <laughs> yeah. but, um, but the, I think the arts in general as well, though, like if you're listening to a comedian who really talks about stuff that they are passionate about, mm -hmm. like for a short period of time, you kind of clear out your mind and you let them come into yours and, and just like, these are my thoughts. These are my yeah. ideas. Here's how I feel about the world. And you kind of just, if, if you're, you know, if it's a good comedian mm -hmm. <laughs> and, if, and if you're like actually paying attention, if you're engaged, which they kind of need to be a good comedian in order to make you feel that way. And it's really cool. You can just kind of clear your thoughts like that. Or if you're watching a film, like a really good flick, like um, you probably don't know this movie, but the movie <laughs> Turner and Hooch, you ever heard of that? I have not. <laughs> I cry every time I watch it. Every time I watch it. Add it to the <laughs> list of the thousands of movies that I need to watch. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> but by the end of the flick, I'm in tears, you know? Every single time. I'm not afraid to admit it. Like, Christ, uh, you, you probably know this one because it's a little more recent, but um, it's a Disney flick, The Princess and the Frog. You know that movie? Really? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've heard of it, of course. Never watched okay. it. Never watched it. That one makes me cry, too. Yeah. That's like the good dinosaur for me. Have you seen that movie? Every yeah, time. I enjoyed it. I yeah. thought it was very good. I didn't cry. I cried. But I dug it. I cried the first time I watched it, and then I watched it again the next day, and I knew it was coming, and I and still, still cried. cried. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's like that's like Turner and Hooch. I've seen that movie probably like nine times, at least. Actually, I watched it a lot in high school. I used to watch it a lot. It's another Tom Hanks flick. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm a big Tom Hanks fan. In case you didn't know, <laughs> <laughs> Catch Me If You Can is another one. Do you know that flick? It's another Tom Hanks. I think uh, I've seen it. I it's think Tom so. Hanks and Leonardo DiCaprio. 
and uh, Leo DiCaprio's dad is played by Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken, <laughs> you know, uh, but sorry, um, that flick makes me cry. You know, there's like so many like, it's, but it's just that empathy machine, yeah. you know, and like a, like a really stunning picture will just like, even if it's a photograph or like an incredibly well done painting or if it's drawn by hand or something like that, you can go, God damn, that makes me feel something, you yeah. know, and I really, I dig that about the arts and creativity in general and just all that kind of stuff. Speaking of creativity, um, there is this dude named uh, Steve Kotler. I, I believe I'm pronouncing that right. Um, and he's got this book on this um, thing he calls the flow state, which is when you're in this just heightened mode of creativity and mm -hmm. stuff. Have you experienced that? I'm sure you must have. When, when you were talking about when you said you didn't write that tune, the mountains wrote it for yeah. you. You just happen to have the pen in your hand. Do you have you figured out a way how to trigger that? Or no, is, are you I still wish kinda... I could. I wish okay. I could. It's one of those things where, you know, sometimes you just get, for me anyways, I just get a creative burst sometimes in the sure. most ridiculous place. Like I'm walking through the grocery store, I'm in the chip aisle and I just have a song in my head, Yeah. you know, and I'm like singing into my phone, walking through the grocery store so I don't forget. That's great. But I wish it was the kind of thing I could just channel. For me, it just like when it's happening, that's when it has to happen. I need to go sit down right. and, and just do it. But. For sure. No, I totally, I, I get that. Sometimes I'll wake up. It actually happened not too long ago. I had a dream that, um, and this is the weirdest thing, because uh, there's people I know, and I, I hardly ever dream about real people. Yeah. But I had a dream that I was hanging out with um, a handful of the people from the Weber Brothers Band. Okay. And we, <laughs> and we were singing this song uh, to my wife that I had written, in, in, like in this weird dream world yeah and and the lyrics that were coming out i'm like these are really good <laughs> and i woke up out of a dead sleep and i was like <gasps> and we have pads of paper and pens all over the fucking house yeah for, for that expressed reason which is just when the moment hits you got to take advantage yeah. of it especially if you wake up out of a dead sleep because if you're yeah. like i'll remember it and you go to bed it's fucking gone it's the gone. next day yeah. and it's never coming back you've lost an opportunity so i sit up and i just start writing amber's like what are you doing it's like i'm writing you a song <laughs> just which, wrote it in my sleep yeah she's like what i was like i wrote this song in my dream and it's it's really good <laughs> she's like oh that's sweet i'll read it tomorrow <laughs> Cause it's like four o'clock in the morning, yeah. right? Which I mean, luckily she used to be like, "Bitch, it is four a.m. The fuck are you doing?" It's like I'm writing a song, sweetheart. She's like, "I don't care. Turn the light off." Yeah. You know, it's like, "Oh, sorry, goddamn, sorry. I'll, I'll just type it on the computer." Yeah, really. Go the fuck to sleep. That, luckily, she's she's kind of past that point now. I mean, we've been together long enough that yeah, it's it's not that she big a deal. Now it's like you're writing, okay. That's great. That's great. <laughs> you do yeah. that. I'm going to bed. Yeah, I'll go back to sleep now. But um, yeah, and uh, actually, it's pretty good. I haven't finished it yet, but um, it's pretty cool because I almost never write love songs because they they seem really contrived and really forced. Anytime, yeah. Because anytime I'm like, it's weird, and I know it's weird, but I just <laughs> can hear the cat playing <laughs> yeah. his toy through the ceiling. Um. But um, anytime I like, cause when I go to write a love song, I actually have to sit down with the express intent of writing a love song. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, that kind of stuff hardly ever just comes to me. Yeah, which I know is weird. Maybe like I just a lot of my lyrics deal with typically slightly darker motifs, mm -hmm. which I don't know. 
take from that what you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's, sometimes, sometimes it's good stuff. Sometimes it's fun. But I mean, the fun stuff is usually fictional. Yeah. Which, um, so I have, I have a lot of respect for anyone that can write a love song just and just do it. And be like, there you go. I love you. Yeah, and like, wow. I wrote you this song. Yeah, and and but have it not be corny. Yeah, you know, because it, it's me, a hard thing to do when you're writing a love song. It's though. really hard because being in love kind of makes you feel like a twelve year old. So I find like when I'm writing like love songs, they sound like a cheesy. Makes you sound like a tween. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. totally yeah. That's yeah. that's just that's just love, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I, it's funny too, because like, I'll talk about it. I'll talk about it at great length if you allow me how much I love my wife and how awesome she is and like how I wouldn't be a fraction of the man I am today without her. And I'll t- like, I'll, I'll chew your ear off talking about it. Get me to write a song about it and it'll be a piece of shit. <laughs> Which, and, and it's weird. I think it's because a lot of the time, except for this one that I'm, that I'm working on that I wrote in a dream. Yeah. How weird is that? It had to be subconscious for it to, to actually work. Um, but uh, I, I feel that I find I'm at a loss for words when I have to try to describe the way I feel about yeah. her, which is so, I know that sounds cornball no, and that's, that's the, and that's the problem. I too. know exactly and I've tried, what you mean. And I've tried to write those tunes where it's like, I don't even know how to express how much I love you, you know? And it's like, and I read that. I'm like, this is dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's like, God damn it. You know? And I'll like, I'll write a tune. Like there was a time, and I've 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 actually never talked about this before on the show, but um there was there was a brief period of time where I lived in my car um, oh, wow. after I after I graduated from college, um or in between it was actually um I just come I just come off the road because I actually took a hiatus from school so I hadn't graduated at this point I apologize I'm getting my timelines fucked up um I hadn't graduated yet uh, but I just come off this like crazy North American tour with this band that uh, didn't pan out yeah <laughs> um just what it wasn't the, where i was supposed to be that band mm-hmm. wasn't what i was supposed to be doing so i left the band but um and now part of part of my homelessness was due to foolish pride i was not willing to ask for help yeah so i lived in my car and most nights i slept because it was uh it was in the off season it was in the winter so it was it was pretty brutally cold yeah um but it was uh I was still sort of in the Hamilton area and I, <laughs> I would park my car in the, uh, in the entranceway to the lion African safari. <laughs> okay. I know it's not so fucked up, but it was, t- it was totally abandoned during the off yeah. season. Nobody came by there. Like cop cars didn't even pass, pass yeah. by. Right. So I would sleep. That's where I would sleep. And, um, I wrote, I wrote a song about it. It's fucking, it's, it's kind of devastating and it's, but it's like instrumentally, I, and not to toot my own horn again, like I'm not trying to be like I'm fucking awesome, but it's pretty, it's a pretty gorgeous tune if yeah. I do say so myself. And you know I can write about that stuff all day. You asked me to talk about in song form. You asked me to 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 write about how like I wouldn't have a life without Amber, and I'm stumped. <laughs> yeah. You know I just can't do it. It's it, except for this tune, which is why I'm so excited. I don't know. I keep pointing at the computer, but it's because the lyrics it's are on there. there. It's, it's yeah. right over right there. there. And I'm just I'm, I'm really excited about it. I'm really looking forward to uh, spending some time on it because like it's it's that feeling, you know, it's like you start something. And you're like, I'm going to get you. Yeah, I'm going to get you. Yeah. And this Here feels like <laughs> and this feels like a hurdle that I've never success 
Pardon me. I keep burping. God damn it. It's the, <laughs> it's the beer. It's one beer. Yeah. Uh, I've never successfully tackled this hurdle before, you know, which I know I'm mixing my metaphors there, but um, I, I've never successfully, I guess, leapt this hurdle. <laughs> we'll go with that one. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to making that breakthrough. I think that'll be very, very cool. Yeah, and, that's uh, awesome. And I'm, I'm, I gotta say, I'm very excited to hear the tune that that you and Brandon wrote together because he was telling me about it too, and he's like, "Dude, the song is great." He's yeah. like, "I had," he's like, "I had the music, and if it's the same one I'm thinking it of is, anyway, yeah. the one where like with the light coming through the, yeah. the blinds, yeah, yeah." I, I don't know exactly the line, but he was telling yeah. me about it. I'm like, "That sounds sick," and I cannot wait to hear that. So, um, that's really cool. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm glad that you're doing more collaboration with people too because when you collaborate with other writers as well as just straight up players um it really kind of expands the way you might look at writing something too just that 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 alternate perspective when someone's like what about this or or like hey i've got this this riff or this chord progression or i've got this whatever it happens to be i've got this other thing that maybe in a million years i might never have thought of yeah and someone just says one thing you go oh yeah, it's 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 crazy for me because with my songwriting, that's something I've kind of always done alone. Like I've played with other people, I've jammed with other people, but usually just write alone. Yep. Um, and the fact that me and Brandon just banged out that tune, it was like, what just happened, right? Like that's the yeah. first person I've ever sat down and wrote a really good with. song with. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think it's a trust thing too, right? Because it has to be. It, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, but, for sure. Like when when Brandon again. Humphrey uh, yeah <laughs> when uh, when he and I first started writing with each other like we'd been hanging out a long time uh, a couple of years before um, before I helped him with uh, Desperate Man mm-hmm. he was like I got this really cool riff and he's like and I've got an idea for this tune that I want to do he's like I got a couple of lines he's like would you be willing to come over and help me out with it and I was like yeah let's fucking do it man I love writing lyrics and I and he and I hadn't written anything together at this point mm-hmm. I was like that would be so much fun so I went over and I, I, you know, helped him with a couple of lines, but I had dip and then some other people came over and they kind of helped him, you know, with a, a couple of words or whatever mm-hmm. and just like tacked a couple of things on and, and, and finished the tune. But then there were a bunch of other songs where I just would keep either going to his place or he'd come over to my place and we'd, and we'd just smash songs out in like a mm-hmm. night. We'd um, have it, at the very least the skeletal structure, like yeah. we'd have like a guitar part and lyrics written in a, in a... The majority of the melody line, even if like, you know, obviously tweaks and stuff like that happen as yeah. as the song grows and then you start playing it in a band setting and then, you know, I, I would come up with a bass line that would change. But at first I wasn't even the bass player. I was just, I was just oh, kind of really? like a, yeah, I was like a ghostwriter um, lyrically at wow. first. And then like, I, you know, I'd make suggestions for um for like arrangement and stuff and some of some of the stuff he took and some of it he's just like nah, i'm not gonna do that and yeah. that's that's cool um but uh but yeah for the most part it wasn't until um well the very first actually the very first broken harmony show i did play bass on it but then i got super busy because i had i was in like six five or six bands at the same time yeah and i was just like i can't be in seven that's too much <laughs> i was like i'm drawn thin enough as it is but then, um, but then a couple other bands kind of fell away, and um, 
and had a little bit more time. And then the bass player that was playing with them at the time, really good bass player and super cool dude, Greg Marshak. Do you know him? No, I don't know. Uh, really good bass player. Very cool dude. Very, very cool guy. Uh, his schedule just wasn't working out. It was conflicting yeah. and he just didn't have time to to practice enough. And he also didn't have enough time to, to make some like a good handful, enough of the shows. Yeah. It was just like, well, shit, this clearly isn't going to work. So then Brandon was like, dude, you're basically in the band already. Why don't you just come on stage yeah. with us? And I was like, fuck yeah, let's do that. Because, like, you know, it was kind of fun at first to be like, yeah, here, like, here's here's a handful of pretty good lyrics, really. And, like, and, you know, we were working pretty closely on this yeah. stuff. And I'm like, wow, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. And I was like, and and now off it goes. There goes that song <laughs> yeah. that I that I helped create, you know? And I was yeah. like, that's, that's really neat. And... You know, okay, you know, I'll catch you guys, like, if I'm not already booked, I might catch a show and, yeah. and see what this song turns into. Yeah, exactly. With a full band. And, and that was neat at first. Then, you know, there's that little part of you that's like, I want to be playing that song. I want this. I yeah. want this. <laughs> and then so finally, when, when I knew that, um, uh, when I knew that a couple of the bands that I was in, I wasn't going to be a part of anymore. And that Marshak was leaving. I'm like, oh, my God. The timelines are yeah. They're meeting. This is so perfect. I cannot wait. And then like he like called me up. He's like, "Hey man, you want to hang out?" And it was like it was really weird. It was almost like <laughs> it was like we were getting ready to ask each other out on a date. Yeah. We're like, but in high school, like so, like, do you want to be in my band? Like, I really want to be in your band. It was just like it was so funny. It. It, was, it was so funny. I was talking to Amber like because then like Brandon left and Amber came home from work. I was like. Brand just asked me to be in Broken Harmony. She's like, it's about fucking time. And I was like, yeah! So, yeah, no, it was very cool. And then, and then you know, like we've, he's, he's written a handful of stuff, actually, a handful of stuff, handful of tunes um, uh, in the, uh, in the last little while that um, I've actually had nothing to do with. Like, may, like there's, oh, there's one tune where I gave him one word, uh, The Fall. Yeah, uh, that's my favorite, I that's think. A, that's yeah. a really great tune. Uh, I contributed one word. To that. <laughs> to that which lady. word which word villain okay okay yeah um but um even stuff like that where it's like like so, it's it's really cool that i mean i i wrote my bass part but he already had all the chords mm -hmm. laid he had the structure like pretty well done mm -hmm. right and um <laughs> uh, he kind of toyed with the structure a little bit after we'd played it i think like maybe twice together and he was like i was thinking about doing this instead it's like all right, all right cool let's do that then is that your phone? It is. Uh, <laughs> um, but then, you know, just like things like that where it's like, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, but sorry, this is such a weird tangent. We are just talking about having that trust in someone. Yeah. That first off, that where I trust you enough to show you this thing that I'm thinking of that you're not just going to take off with it and fuck me over. And also having that trust that we're going to complement each other with what yeah. we're writing. That's a very, very, very important thing. And... Um, it's really funny. Up until um, up until I started working with Brandon, there have only been like th maybe four people in my entire playing career that I've trusted enough to write with. Yeah. Uh, outside of Brandon, uh, and one of them's my older brother. So yeah, so that almost doesn't even count. That's your brother. <laughs> almost. So uh, so like three three people outside of if we're not going to count blood relatives yeah <laughs> three people outside of humphrey that i trusted enough to write with yeah see that number zero for me yeah well yeah i also i've been playing in bands since i was 
yeah a lot longer old. than me yeah so i started like i played my first concert concert what an asshole <laughs> i played my first show uh when i was 14 and okay. then like six months after my very first show which was at like a community center i started playing in bars and I've been doing mm-hmm. that since I was 14, and I'm 31, yeah. and I think I've taken one year off playing wow. in that entire time. Uh, like, playing live, I should say. Yeah. I never stopped actually playing, um, but I took one year off of, not even a full year, I took six months off of playing live. Yeah. In, what, uh, fourteen to, from 14 to 31, I, I've taken six months off of playing that's live crazy. shows. So, that's a lot of people that I've played with as yeah. well. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dozens. that's almost exactly the same way that the timeline worked for me when you, when you say that. I played my first show when I was 14, and it was actually at The Spill. Like, it was nice. just like a, you know. Was that before or after it was licensed? I don't even know. Because it took them a while to get a liquor license. Yeah, I'm not sure. See, I wasn't old enough to drink, so, like, I so wasn't worried matter. about it. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and same thing, played that show, and then somebody was there that said, hey, come play at this bar, and that's, like, that's just yeah, how just it went. Kinda yeah, kind of snowballs from there. Yeah. Yeah. Right on, dude. So, that brings us up to, pretty well, the EP release, Dis- yeah. uh, despite all of our divergent <laughs> tangents, and, well, well, our, mine, I'm sorry, I talk so much shit, dude. Yeah. Uh, I really appreciate you being patient with my... Just fucking being all over the place. <laughs> no, this is fun. All right, cool. See? It oh, is. It's not that it's scary. Fun. It's right? not scary. I'm so scared today. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that why you canceled on me so many times? Yes. Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> well, that and being like legitimate. Yeah, yeah. We were both legit sick. Like, it would have really been bad. hilarious to have done this then, I think. When we're both like this. Yeah. <laughs> like every 30 seconds? Yeah. Like I'm still trying to clear my throat a little bit. That's mostly from the beer making me flummy. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah. Oh, that was that was rough, yeah. dude. How long did that last for you? Oh, God. Like five weeks? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah five weeks probably. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm convinced we had the same thing. We had to have. It went away. Yeah. And then it came, and it came back. back stronger. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny because it hit me, and anybody listening to this will probably know if you're a frequent listener anyway. I hope you are. That would be <laughs> sweet. Um, but um, <laughs> it was in the middle of, of the episode with Mac Greco, and about halfway through it, I just like was all of a sudden freezing cold and dizzy. And I feel, like I swear to God, I could feel the blood drain out of my face. Yeah. It was just like, oh. <laughs> But luckily, Greco's just a champ, and he like carried the he carried the whole second half of the episode. Yeah. Like, cause at first it was a good back and forth, like what we're having now, and then all of a sudden just, oh, I'm like, <laughs> oh no, I don't even re- like I haven't edited that one yet. I don't remember half of the episode. I was wow, so just fucked. so out of it. Oh, it was nasty. Yeah, nasty. Did you get it like really bad in your chest? Too? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not fun. Did you end up on antibiotics? No. No? No, I should have, but yeah. I just didn't go to the doctor because uh, that's another thing. I'm terrified of talking and I'm terrified of the doctor, so yeah. I avoid both of those things at all costs most of the time. It yeah. takes me way too <laughs> long to get to the doctor, but I had to go because I was like, I got so many gigs coming up, and if I take any time off of work of teaching, like for any lessons not taught, I just don't get yeah, paid. Yeah, you just don't get paid. Right? So I was like, I have to do something. So I went to the doctor and they put me on antibiotics and an inhaler. Oh, wow. Because they're like, yeah, like, was, I kind of wish we had a, a video component for this because then people could see my face. But like, 
the doctor like he's like let me take a look at your throat he's like <laughs> like right yeah. that's not a face you want to see on the doctor no. <laughs> i was like thanks man that instills confidence <laughs> it's just like you're gonna need antibiotics and uh hang on he goes over to his cabin he comes back he's like here take this inhaler and i'm like holy fuck okay what's happening to me am i gonna make it i was like okay it's like do i have pneumonia he's like not yet <laughs> he's like but take these antibiotics yeah well that's what's been going around because my stepdad got hit with it too and it, it is it's turning into mo- pneumonia mm-hmm. he actually has pneumonia now that sucks yeah that's a that's a rough yeah it's a rough, rough track go. Uh, yeah not fun at all but um yes so i'm glad you're comfortable yes and having <laughs> a good time what are your favorite courts no yeah. <laughs> To the chord thing. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, no, but um, actually, to to the EP release. So where did you? Let's uh, actually before the, even the release. Where did you record your EP? I recorded it with ba- Barry Haggerty, right, um, in Peterborough, right. Um, and it was quite a process. It took me two years probably to record Holy it. Holy shit! It was, yeah, yeah. Why did it take two years? Well, because I didn't have any money, really. Oh. That's what it comes down to. Um, okay. <laughs> because we would do, you know. Um, a song at a time kind of right. thing. And and then I moved. I moved in the middle of recording it. So uh, <laughs> I was in, I was living in London and I was driving here on weekends to oh put God. in a couple hours in the studio kind of thing. So, um, That's fucking crazy. Yeah, so it took a long time from start to finish for it to be done. And then it was finished for almost a year before I, before I actually released it in November. Whoa. It was finished in February of that year, so not quite a year, but a long right. time I sat on it. Close. Yeah, because I wasn't going to release it. What yeah. were you going to do with it? Well, I just kind of, um, because it had taken so long to record, when I listened back to it at the end, and I don't think that it sounds bad. I, I like I like it. Um, right. And, and I like the songs, um, but... It, it, we started it so long ago that it, it felt kind of like some of those songs aren't really reflective of, of what I'm doing now. Not so much the songs, but the way that they sound. Sure. So I was just going to start all over again. But then I thought, you know what? It's it's time. That's, you know, yeah. you've been talking about this EP for years and people are starting to get impatient. So let's just do it. Sure. But, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. I can I can see what you mean, though. Like, if it takes that long to produce something, then I could... Because you're, you're constantly growing yeah. as a musician. Well, shit. Even the uh, the Broken Harmony record is coming out soon, mm-hmm. and we recorded it a year ago. Yeah. And, like, holy fuck. I cannot wait to have a copy of that in my hands. And then some of those tunes, like, I play the bass line a bit differently now and, and better yeah. than, than I recorded. And, like, I think just as a band we've we've grown as a band right mm-hmm. so i totally get what you're saying when you're like hmm like now i'm really proud of the work we did yeah and i think it sounds really good but i'm really excited for the next record yeah because of the because just the way that the way that we interact as a band and the way that we've that we write and and just all the performing that we've done together because when we first recorded that record i'd only done a handful of shows Mm-hmm. with the band wow right like despite having helped write um at least on the first record a good handful of those lyrics yeah. i you know i've i've writing credit on not everything but but a good chunk of yeah. stuff but i hadn't performed hardly any of it that's crazy because i heard it yeah. i heard it and it's yeah there's there's a handful of there are a handful of shows under our belt at wow. that, like as that lineup yeah as that lineup yeah. 
right? So um, now, again, I'm, I'm really proud of what we did. And, and I'm really excited to show it to people and to have, you know, critique come in and, and just see what people think. Because um, I think we did a good job. But I can't wait for the next one because we're, we're just that much better. Yeah, now. that's kind of you where I'm I mean? at too. Is yeah. just and, and next time I think I want to have kind of more control over the whole creative process really because yeah. being far away it was hard because sure. you'd go in and you'd kind of like lay down a you know this is my idea and then I'd have to go back to London and come back the next weekend and see where that track had gotten to yeah um and I'm ready now and I feel like I've kind of as a musician kind of evolved I guess in in yeah. such a way that I I know what I want for sure it to sound like now and I'm just so excited to to kind of take the reins with the next one. Yeah, so. and you should too. Like yeah. especially like when it's your project, if it's your baby, mm-hmm. you should have you should have as much control over it as you want. Yeah. You know, now if you're cool with just writing stuff and going whatever, do with it <laughs> yeah. what you will, then that's awesome. You yeah. Know? Go with that. But I mean, like for I know for me, like I'm I've got a handful of stuff that um like I was talking about earlier that doesn't necessarily fit with Broken Harmony or any of the other groups that I'm playing with right now. Like I, I want to release that as a as a solo project, and I'm I'm gonna have quite a bit of control over that. Yeah, you know? and I, I I feel like I need to because yeah. like this is the thing that's gonna be like, because I mean like this is all stuff that I've written completely independently. Mm-hmm. Like nobody else has had. Well, that's not entirely true. There's mm, two songs that uh, my older brother Devin helped me with. Oh, okay. Um, but outside of those two. Now, and these are all, they're all just in demo state right now, too. Like, there's like, I've got like 20 songs, and I think I'll probably put 12 on yeah. the record. Um, so, if they make the cut, then there will be two that I didn't write completely by myself. Mm-hmm. So, like, just feeling that, like, in the same way, like, with your EP, you wrote all that stuff completely on your mm-hmm. own. Now, granted, it was, it was just, like, vocal and guitar. Yeah. But, I mean, that's, you know, that's the structure, that's the lyric, that's the melody. You know, that's a lot of work. Yeah. Right? So, um, and it's, it's similar with my demos. Now, I mean, like, um, I wrote all the guitar work, uh, at least as it stands. Yeah. Um, and I, and I wrote all the bass lines and I wrote all the lyrics and I wrote the vocal melody and, uh, for the tunes that have harmonica on it, I wrote that. And, um, I'm, I'm not a very good drummer. So I, uh, I, I programmed the drums rather okay. than laying down physical tracks. Cause I'm just, I've only been playing for like three or four months. So I suck. Mm-hmm basically is the bottom line i'm a shit drummer so they're they're program drums but i mean in in a way eh, it's arguable yeah that i at least as a scratch track i i hope that whoever plays on 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 these tunes doesn't you know i hope they come up with something else yeah and 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 they'll be credited for their for their drum arrangement as they should be you yeah. know rightfully so but I want to have, you know, a lot of, like, I don't want to just send it off. You know what I mean? And so I can totally understand yeah. why, why for the next one, you want to be, you know, a lot more hands-on with yeah. it. As I, as I think you should be, especially if you're, you know, the creative director of it, you know? Like, you, it's your shit. You should have control. Yeah, exactly. Which is very, you know, that's good. And I'm excited to hear what you come up with. Yeah, yeah. Working yeah. on some new stuff, so I'm pretty excited, awesome. actually. Yeah, I think the next one's going to be good. Nice. I think this one's good. Yeah, but the next for sure. one's gonna it is, be. It is. Well, I've listened to it. I know yeah. it's good, <laughs> but but I mean, you know, as you especially like, and you really, <laughs> you really are so young. 
yeah. that you should you should constantly be growing and improving. Yeah. You know, I mean, we always all of us should be. I mean, I'm I'm only 31, uh, so I I know that probably seems old to you, <laughs> but like you know, like I'm my I'm my very early early 30s. Yeah. You know, I I feel like I have a long way to grow. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, there's a lot I can learn. Uh, still, like I don't, I hopefully I can keep learning till I die. But yeah, exactly. if, if I stay lucid, you know, which would be <laughs> nice. Um, but, um, but yeah, spent like, at least for me, I've, I had a mass amount of growth between like tw- as a player and as a human being yeah. between 20 and 25 in that five year gap, it was fucking huge. So I would imagine it would be similar for yeah. most people. Like, I don't think I'm that strange or I certainly don't think I'm special. Well, wow. <laughs> like special. But sorry, that's not cool. I shouldn't have said that. Anyway, fuck it. Uh, but then, uh, so you got it re- uh, recorded after two years, and then you finally geared up for the release, which yeah. happened uh, in November. No- that's right. Yeah, it was November. November. Uh, yeah, and yeah. that was at the Gordon Best Theater. Yeah. 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 It was awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, we got to open for you. Yeah, which, is really which was cool. very cool. I can remember when I was asking because, like, I honestly am such a big fan of Broken Harmony and I always have been. <laughs> and I really wanted you guys to play, but I was like, I'm scared to even ask them because how do you ask a band this good if they will open for you? Like, how do you do that? You just asked. And then I just did. I was like, well, the worst thing's going to happen is they're going to say no. When yeah. when you guys said yes, I was so pumped <laughs> because it did. I, I still hear from people that were at the at the CD release, how awesome you guys were. You just kind of like, well, you always do just bring this energy into the room. And I can't imagine like, it got me pumped watching you to get on stage. So oh, it, I'm glad. Thank yeah, you no, totally. Well, it's, I think a big, honestly, I think a big part of our, I guess if you could call it a secret, uh, we're really good friends. Yeah. Like, um, I fucking, I'm like I and I, I've talked about it a few times and I know it sounds cornball but I love Brandon Humphrey. That dude is such a good friend and he's I mean obviously he's a very good player, but if he was an asshole, I wouldn't work with him. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I don't care how good somebody is. If you're a piece of shit human being, <laughs> I can't be fucking bothered. I don't have time for that, you know? And then um either we have Marcus Brown, who is not only a phenomenal drummer, great singer, but he's just I love that dude too. He's so cool. He's so nice. He's always laughing. He's and he's funny as fuck. Yeah. Like and he that wears dude, awesome t-shirts. He does wear awesome t-shirts. <laughs> and he's got great hair. I don't know why he wears hats so much cuz his hair is gorgeous. If my hair was that nice, I would never wear a hat. Like I don't even have I don't have great hair. But I like I just don't wear hats that often anymore. I do have a, a bit of a hat collection cuz yeah. as I was saying before, um uh, Marcus's older brother Ryan or Rico mm-hmm. is his nickname. I wanted to be that guy, and he always <laughs> wears the coolest fucking hats. So I had to get a hat collection, and uh, I used to wear hats on stage all the time. But um, I just I sweat way too much, and then it would like the sweat would get in my eyes, and like look because so of the just hat was it would it didn't, didn't breathe enough, and it was just the sweat would burn my eyes and shit. Same reason I don't put product in my hair when I'm about to play. Yeah. When you sweat and you get hairspray in your eyes, you're like. I can't fucking see. Which, I don't get that, because Brandon puts so much hairspray in his hair, and then he goes and plays, and I'm like, doesn't that fucking hurt, man? He's like, yeah, it really hurts. I'm like, why do you keep doing it? But, I, I, I mean, he likes the way it looks, which is great. He's, you know, he's usually got a nice haircut and shit, yeah. but, like, I just, I can't, I can't 
be bothered to make my eyes burn for the night. Like that just, I don't know. I mean, he can do it power to him. That's yeah. awesome. But I just, it hurts me. So I'm like, fuck this. But sorry, back to the point that I was making before. Um, I, and, and then if we, if, if we, if we don't have uh, Marcus, then we have Greco. Yeah. And Greco's not only, again, not only a great drummer, but a really good person. And we all get along. And, and then even, it's even better. And, and you got to see it last weekend at the pig's ear. Yeah. Um, the, uh, when the four of us get to play together, like, so cool. that is so much fucking fun. Like when you have somebody on auxiliary percussion, a kit, guitar, bass, and then fucking Will Hamilton shows up just tearing that sax. Yeah, that guy's crazy. Oh, he's so good. He's amazing. <laughs> and again, super good dude. Super yeah. good guy. Um, I, I really think that it's the, the common respect that we have for each other and the fact that we're just... Like I mean, respect as as musicians, yeah, and 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 as people, we really get along. And like I, I'll hang out with those dudes when we're. I mean, inevitably the conversation turns to music. It has to, yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, we do hardly anything else. <laughs> like I mean, we have our day jobs and shit. And like I, I mean, my day job is music, which is kind of yes. sweet. That's the dream. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's it's nice. I mean, sometimes teaching can be frustrating. Yeah. But you do get students that, like, really make it worthwhile, where, like, you see them have a really big aha moment, and especially on a little kid. Like, and they're like, yeah. oh, I get it. And you're like, <laughs> oh, you melt my heart, yeah. little one. You so know? warm and fuzzy. Yeah. But, but we, you know, we have so much fun playing together, you know? I yeah. think it's a really big thing. And, and shit, like, I really like you. I think you're very cool, and I think you're very good at what you do. And I think that shines through too when, like, every once in a while, in the last couple of shows, you've, what, last four? Yeah, four shows? I guess so, yeah. The last four shows, you've popped up on stage for a handful of tunes with us too. Yeah. And I think it's the same kind of idea that people can not only see how much we enjoy all playing together, but there's an energy that comes out of it. Yeah. You know? And I think that's super important if you're going to be in a band with, like, a not just a group playing together, but yeah. if you're in a band. Yeah, and that's the difference. There's a, there's a lot of bands that are individuals that are playing the same songs together. And yeah. then there's bands, like you yeah. guys, like you're a unit. Like when you're up Thank there, you. you're like, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you think that because I, I, def, I definitely feel it. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty certain that the other guys feel yeah. it too. Otherwise, it wouldn't. It wouldn't work the way it does. And when somebody does something really cool that you haven't heard them do before on, on a song that you've played a hundred times, and you're like, yeah. fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, you dirty bird. I like it. I like it. You know, like that's the greatest. And you look back and I just have a big dopey smile and yeah. looking at whoever's on kit for the night, if it's, if it's Marcus or if it's Matt. Yeah. Better if it's both. Yeah. You know, just somebody does like a cool rhythm thing. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> or like Brandon does something cool on guitar and I'm like yeah or like I'll do something and somebody will look at me and we give each other that like yeah you go dude you go yeah. you know <laughs> like that kind of shit feels really good or like I I know that like you've only played with this a couple of times but when you're hitting those really tasty harmonies like and I know I'm normally standing behind you guys because we're on sometimes yeah. slightly smaller stages <laughs> at least recently we've been on slightly smaller stages but it's like I don't know what I'm looking at the back of your guys heads <laughs> And, and you're just like slamming these harmonies. I'm like, 
yeah, fuck yeah, <laughs> that sounds so good, and it yeah. makes me feel and super it's so happy. Fun. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's just that it just warms you, you know. Yeah. And I don't really know another way to describe it. So if 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 there if there's a secret to to what we're doing. I think that's what it is. Yeah. It's it's the the respect and the camaraderie and and just the love we have for each other. Really, I yeah. think is is what does it. And then, and you know, and sometimes like you play with people and and you just you don't really get that. Like you go to give the love and it kind of hits a wall and you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh okay, okay, all okay. yeah, right. Well, I'll just stand over here and. <laughs> Love myself, I guess. I'll just musically masturbate for the next two hours, I suppose. Which is, you know, that that's that's when it's a job. Yeah. You know, and but then when you have those those reciprocated love moments, that's when it's that's when it's the dream. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know that sounds super cornball, and I'm sorry that I've I've been a little corny this episode. <laughs> but anytime I get to talk, like I'm so passionate about writing. Yeah. So when I get to talk with another writer, it really, I, I start to, you know, I yeah. feel it, you know, and I really, I really enjoy that. And I'm really looking forward to, um, to playing with you again quite soon, actually. Yeah. Um, cause, um, cause your CD release was great. That was yeah. a ton of fun. And, uh, fr- uh, your other friend, um, Mary Kate. Yeah. Edwards, right? Yeah. Mary Kate Edwards. Uh, she opened the show and it was just her and a guitar, which yeah. was cool had like kind of like a like a sort of a jazzy feel to it yeah. almost almost yeah. Yeah, you know not it, was neat. it wasn't straight up jazz but it was cool it was like singer songwriter jazz yeah which i really dug she's using a lot of seventh chords and shit i was like yeah <laughs> right on good on you girl and then uh, and then we got to play and then you guys played which was very cool and then um how did you how did you make out that night did you sell a lot of shit yeah it good. was crazy we were about and i mean the room was not um we didn't have every seat in the house full, but we were three tickets away from selling out. I was going to say, it was pretty yeah. fucking full. Yeah, we were three tickets away from selling out, which when I initially did this, I thought the Gordon Best was good because, you know, it's cute and it's kind of small and, you know, um, I thought that I was being, uh, I guess, ambitious. generous and ambitious <laughs> to think that I would get 60 people out tonight. I had 147. Yeah. So we, we were, yeah, three tickets from from having no more space. Yeah. So it was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, it right was on. it was a good feeling because I've never um, never really had so many people that I loved all in the same room at the same time. Yeah. And they're all there to support me. It was such such that's a cool awesome. feeling yeah that's really cool dude yeah. i'm happy for you yeah that's really neat that's i just so... want to do it again Fuck yeah. well we are gonna do it again soon yeah <laughs> um you should you should let everybody know what uh what the date is that yeah that we're playing the gordon best again april the 8th there we go and april it's the 8th. day after my birthday is it really also so oh, 22 yeah mm, yeah getting older <laughs> getting old yeah yeah <laughs> 22 oh shit <laughs> that's funny oh dude no that's cool i'm 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 really looking forward to it and i'm really glad that um a lot of your family showed up and stuff yeah that's very cool because yeah. at least <laughs> in my experience um as i got as i got a little bit older like once i started getting into my 20s my friends and family stopped coming to my shows they're like okay this is what you do i'm not gonna come hang out while, <laughs> yeah. while you work you know and it's uh it's funny because like if 
if friends and family show up to a show now, I'm like, oh my god, you're, you're here. here! This is amazing. <laughs> like the it's 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 kind of strange because like my closest friends and family, like like blood relatives or in laws or like um, one of my best friends. And I know he's a busy dude. You know, he, he he's he's going to school full time. He's working part time. He's got a kid. He's a busy dude. Mm-hmm. Like I totally get it. And um, and uh, his fiance, they're they're both super busy. They're awesome, awesome people. I've been friends with this cat. Uh, his name's Kevin Shaughnessy. Super super cool dude. Wicked mm-hmm. smart too. Actually, um, really good with computers. And which is lucky because I'm not. <laughs> and he helps me. When I'm like, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> Fix it. They'll be like, all right, just calm the fuck down. I'll be over in a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. You got any beer? You better have some beer if I'm doing free work on your computer. Anyway, <laughs> he's, I think he's, he's maybe been to 10 shows yeah. that I've played. And it's, but I, in some ways it's kind of cool, you know, yeah. that it's like, it doesn't have to be about work when we chill. And it, it, it rarely is. And I, Actually, to this day, I, th- I don't think he's listened to an episode of the no. show. No. Which is funny. And, like, most of my family hasn't. And, like, yeah. shit, Amber hasn't listened to an episode. Like, it's, it's an investment sometimes. Sometimes. Though. Some yeah. of them are kind of long. Some of them are kind of long. Yeah. You know? You know what's funny is you were worried that this was going to be super short. Yeah. I'll bet you. What time are we at? What Let's time? See. What's your phone say? 9.52. Yeah. We started at, like, 7.30. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. So two so and a half happened. hours. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, it's gonna be like 15 minutes. It's gonna be a disaster. <laughs> yeah. Two and a half hours. Yeah. Two and a half Fuck hours. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> so yeah. So we've got that show together again yeah. coming up, which is always fun. And uh, you're always frequenting the open mic at the Red Dog, which is Tuesday yeah. nights. Yeah. Uh, it's the only situation where it's appropriate to say "see you next Tuesday," and I will abuse <laughs> that. <laughs> will abuse that as long as that open mic exists yeah <laughs> i really like that matt has some great names for stuff like the see you next tuesday and originally he told me this actually told me on the show and it cracked me up so bad you know how he has the vinyl version on mm-hmm. the wolf where he'll spin vinyl live yeah which is so cool i love that but um he originally wanted to call it the needle exchange <laughs> but <laughs> right because, like, you're swapping out the digital for, for the physical, yeah. and it's got a needle, and that's how you play the music. But then he found out that, well, I mean, and also, like, the, the higher-ups are like, we can't call it that, dude. There's, like, there's <laughs> yeah. methadone clinics in Peterborough and stuff. And he's like, oh. Right. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to offend anybody. But, like, I just, I think that's just such a great name. I think yeah. that's fucking hilarious. That, he's a smart guy. He and is, yeah. a sweetheart on, on top of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. One of the nicest people that I know, easily. Right? Yeah. Like, every time such I see cool him, guy. great big hug. How yeah. you doing, brother? I love you. How you been? What's happening? I have, and, like, because I was sick for so long, I missed a bunch of, yeah. I missed a bunch of the open mics. And then there was a short time, too, where I haven't done it in a little while, but I was doing a bunch of session work. Um, and, a lot of the time I was getting booked in on Tuesday nights. Mm-hmm. I was like, God damn it. Now I'm going to miss the party. <laughs> I was like, oh, I mean, I, I got to go do the work, you know, cause I, I, I want the job, but you know, I'm going to miss the party. So, uh, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking this week we'll, I'll finally be back at it. I, I actually, I tried to go out on Valentine's day, but, um, oh, but Amber yeah. got off work early. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know she was getting off. I thought she was working late cause it was Valentine's and she works in the restaurant industry. And I was like, Oh, she's going to be out all, She's going to yeah. be at work all I remember night. you were there briefly. You were like, no, I'm going. I was like, I got to go, go home. now. I got to go home. I got to text. It's like, I'm home. Where the fuck are you? And I was like, 
Uh, what do you mean you're I'm on my way. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean you're home? I thought you you told me you were working late tonight. She's like, yeah, I got off super weirdly early. You you should come home like right now. I was like, I'm just gonna check where my name is on the list because <laughs> I wanted to know if I could squeeze in a tune. It's like I just gotta know if I can play. I gotta. I really want to play. And then it's just like no dice. <laughs> yeah, gotta go home. And, and then um, actually last night, um, pardon me, last night I had a fill-in show, and I had to learn um, 52 songs in two weeks. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So um, I spent every spare minute prepping for this show so that also kind of kept me at home yeah. the last uh the last little while like a lot of those those two weeks were like i was practicing this new stuff like learning stuff and then practicing it i was playing um just that stuff not any of the other work that i typically yeah. do like that excludes like the teaching and then the just the maintenance work that i do on the instruments and stuff but i was on average like six hours a day oh for that stuff and then it was usually like another two or three hours of just whatever else i need to be working on so it was uh, for the last two weeks i was averaging like between nine to ten hours a day which i haven't done that much playing since college which that's was crazy pretty, it was pretty crazy although college was a weird exception i was playing like because what it was like six hours of school and then i'd probably do like another eight or nine hours of homework um after that so it was wow. i was doing probably like 12 to 13 hours of music see homework college no i'm happily yeah. uneducated yeah. <laughs> well i i was studying music yeah so it's true. a little it's a little it's different, a little different. Yeah. when you're like this is what i something along these lines is what i'd be doing anyway yeah you know and then it's like this is gonna come in really handy later you mm-hmm. know and for the most part it really has like mm-hmm. i mean now to be fair, I don't play nearly as much jazz as I did in school just because yeah. it doesn't pay, Like, unfo- yeah. it, which bums me out because it's a great style of music, but there's not a lot of money in it. No. And then um, sight reading, I hardly do at all, except for like I teach it and I, and I use it when I'm helping other students like learn stuff. If they're bringing in like music class homework for high school and stuff like that. I'll help them with their sight reading that way. But like I don't fucking read charts when I'm on stage doesn't look rock and roll no. <laughs> you know it's like you can't have your music stand when you're playing like rock it doesn't yeah. work right you look like a square and that's yeah. not cool so now like that being said when i'm learning stuff i chart shit all the time mm-hmm. um but which is that it, i find that very handy even if um and i have a weird shorthand for it like i don't do like i don't notate everything i i use a weird combination between um uh, the classical numbering system and the national numbering system and it and uh, and a jazz numbering system i use this weird hybrid of the three because it's, it's just easier for me to think about it this way mm-hmm. um and I've, I've shown it to some friends and they're like wow that really works man that's good i'm like yeah cool cool i'm glad you think so i mean you don't need to use this chart but i'm gonna it works <laughs> yeah. for me so yeah it's um but i, I don't use a lot of the um that kind of stuff. Sorry. Do we need to wrap it up? Am I keeping no, you? No, no. You keep looking at your phone. No, it keeps buzzing. <laughs> Whoever this is really wants to talk to me. <laughs> all right. Well, you know what? I've, I've kept you here for quite a while. And I think uh, just with all the bragging I've done on your voice, we should probably show people what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we, we need to take a second to reset the mics and uh, possibly... Because um, we've been at this a while. Maybe a bathroom break. Yes. Good yeah. idea. Good idea. All right. Cool. <laughs> All right. We will be right back.
And we're back, and Hillary is going to play us some beautiful tunes. What's the title of this song, dude? Uh, this is To You From Me. Um, and this is a kind of a, the most brand new song I have. This is the song I wrote for my grandpa. And nobody's heard this yet? No. I, oh, I played it at Open Mic on Tuesday, but that's okay, it. But I mean, yeah. for the most part, this for is... For the most part, this is new. Ah, a yeah. 646 exclusive. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Killer. Let's hear it.
<laughs> Dude, that is beautiful. Thank you. Holy shit. <laughs> well, tell the people where they can find your stuff, because I'm sure they'll want to hear it again, because I do. You can find it on Instagram, and that's at Hillary Dumoulin. Um, I'll give you five bucks if you can spell Dumoulin right the first time. <laughs> it's D-U-M-O-U-L-I-N. Um, and Twitter's the same thing, at Hillary Dumoulin. Uh, my Facebook page is facebook.com slash hillary.dumoulin. And you'll find all kinds of fun stuff there. Um, I'm also on Spotify and iTunes and all of those things. So just search my name and you'll get there. Awesome. Dude, thank you so much for coming out. Yeah, One more thank time. you for having me. It's Hillary Dumoulin, everybody. My name's Dawson McManus. You've been listening to 646. Thanks so much. Have a good night. <laughs>